In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Stumble to the kitchen, pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life. Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping. Out on the streets, the traffic starts jumping with folks like me on the job from nine to five. Welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. Uh, how's everybody doing? It is Tuesday, uh, but I gotta be honest with you, I, I could not tell you what day it is. I pretty much stayed in bed all day and just podcasted. I'm a podcasting machine. Um, I, uh, I did a two-hour podcast on Real Housewives of Miami for the Patreon, and then I talked to our good friend Kate Legaco, who has recapped all of Real Housewives of Dallas with me on the Patreon. Now today, this might be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on your mood, we are recapping the season finale of this season of Real Housewives of Dallas. I personally enjoyed a lot of the season, but regardless... Uh, even if you didn't watch it, I think there is so much laughter in this one. We did. Me and Kate are just like good friends. We're really silly with each other. We both like the same kind of humor. It's a little wacky. It, 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 it's like two really good friends being uh, completely stupid in the best way possible. She is really amazingly funny. I think you're really going to love it. And we talk about a bunch of different things in there. We go into Ben Affleck. We go into Hannah Burner Summer House. 
We go everywhere. So it is not just Dallas. It's a lengthy one too, folks. This is why I say use the timestamps because not only do we have Kate Legeko today, but we have a special guest. Since tonight is the first episode of the Real Housewives of Dallas reunion, which we talk a lot about in the podcast today, I needed to get somebody from Dallas on here. And I had the opportunity to speak with uh, with this gentleman, Brad Bevel. And he is, you might be wondering, who is he, Ryan? He was on Real Housewives of Dallas this season a couple of times as, wait for it, you guessed it, Cameron's dog trainer. That's right. Cameron's dog trainer, Fancy. This is the dog trainer. And I got to tell you, we did like a 25-minute interview, but he is he was great. He was just a really cool guy. And it, it kind of, it's a fun interview, but we kind of get into a couple of things that actually really make sense about dogs and how he got his start. It just goes to show you everybody has a story. And I found myself talking to him and I thought it would be a quick interview. And he was just, he was great, it, you know. So uh, there are timestamps if you want to skip right to him great. If you want to skip right to Kate, great. Uh, But all in all, I wanted to celebrate this season of uh, Dallas, and uh, I think there are certain things to celebrate with it. Now, before we get to that, I was going to do Jax's home tour. Jax uh, on People Magazine, him and Brittany did a home tour, which I heard they did not get paid for now. Um, Somebody that uh, is very close to People Magazine let me know that, so I guess that's good. Uh, another piece of information, Lisa Vanderpump tweeted today that they are accepting resumes, resumes, as I like to call it, with me, the person without a, out a job, uh, for, for bartenders at TomTom. Could you imagine I'm slinging drinks, but I, I'm kind of, if I did that, you guys, I would be undercover. I would be, you know what? My real job is you guys. That would be my undercover job where I wear a wire. Could you imagine if I work there every night and I have a disguise? Like I have to do like a high pitch voice there. And then I come on and I do my regular voice. And I'm like, guys, tonight at TomTom, DJ James Kennedy uh, spun the most fire tracks. And I saw, you know, like you could just, you, you could give information to the podcast world. Uh, I probably won't apply, but it's exciting. It is coming back soon. Uh, One of my friends, Lindsay, said she bets it'll be open on May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, which is Wednesday. So we'll see. That's a good theory. Um, Before, though, I wanted to play one clip. We'll go over Jax's home tour later this week. Um, But I do. I just want to remind everybody, thank you for listening. I know this is a lot of content. I'm not going to apologize for that because I put my heart and soul into this. I know it's silly, but I do. I put my heart and soul into this. Tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, you're going to get the second episode of the Fifty Shades of Grey with Annabelle DeSisto, the trilogy, the trilogy of um, of porn, pretty much. Uh, uh, where we left off last time was that they were um, trying to workshop a contract uh, for their sexual relationship, but at the end of the movie, they they're not together. So. I'm guessing in the second movie, they get back together. And then I'm wondering, like, they did like a 70 page contract where it was like, can I pinch your nipples? Yes, no, you know, butt stuff. Yes, no. Um, So I'm excited to see where that lands. But the first movie was a very painful experience for me. So I'm not looking forward to waking up in the morning and starting to watch it so I can record tomorrow. But if if you want to follow along the visual journey of that, uh, I'll be posting that on IG tomorrow uh, in my stories, and then I'll make a highlight reel, which I have the first episode of the highlight reel on there of watching the first um, 
I keep calling it Twilight, the first uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. They're all the same to me. It's just, it's all bad. Uh, but I'm looking forward to that, and that'll probably be a long one. So don't always feel the need to listen to all of these. Skip around. I think every one of these has something really cool to offer, and usually that's me highlighting somebody else. And today we got two really cool people. We got Brad and we got Kate, but uh, I think you're going to have a lot of pop culture. One thing I did want to touch on before Brad is uh, Summer House. I heard this clip. It was on Twitter, and it was from Bravo's chat room on Sunday night, and Hannah, Giselle, and Portia uh, were talking about uh, the Summer House reunion, and these are the words Hannah said about Miss Danielle, who is on the cast of Summer House. Between me and you, um, Danielle and I had a great relationship, and then she tried to sleep with Luke behind my back, Ooh. and I just like didn't acknowledge it, and just like was like, I don't want drama this season. No, so we're coming in about friendship. Don't start with me. Don't like, do that's it. Why I said, Danielle, I've never done anything Ooh. to you. Leave me alone. You're jumping on the bandwagon, and I'm I don't appreciate it. Oh, Hannah. I mean, how long are you going to do this? Do you ever accept any responsibility? Okay, so now Danielle was coming for Hannah because Danielle wanted Luke. And we do have confirmation from Danielle, openly, very honestly, said she she kissed Luke at a New Year's Eve party. And it was a a one-night thing. But once again, Luke was not Hannah's boyfriend. I don't understand. I feel like I'm living in a cuckoo a cuckoo bird world but that is so gross to use a platform and she goes she goes to Portia she goes between me and you Portia and that's just not true because this is like on live television so Bravo chat room I'm sure it's her and 10 other people that are listening so uh, I, I just feel like I've never no no I see this all the time it's just somebody that is not learning from any of this and I think this is what happens when you are a savvy social media person and you forget to kind of inject your like your heart into things you know what i'm saying like it just feels like all um a facade with hannah and i have a feeling she didn't expect the backlash and now she's like kind of crawling kicking and screaming trying to blame other people so first it was luke now it's danielle then it'll be Lindsay. eventually she'll get mad at Paige. i just have a feeling i don't know i i wonder if you could go back and i wonder if in hannah's life if this is just for the reality show or if she's had drama follow her everywhere um, and I really, I, it's just so frustrating because I really liked Hannah the past two seasons. I'm hoping I'll like her again sometime. Or if this is the real Hannah, I think this is wild. But at what point do you kind of apologize? Um, and I'm, I'm saying this even agreeing that Luke is a fuckboy. Um, anyways, I just wanted to play you guys that really quickly before we get to our guest. So uh, you guys, our first guest tonight is Brad Bevel. Now, Brad founded Bevel Dog Behavior in 2013. Now, this is in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex area. So if you guys, any of you guys are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, please uh, look him up on Instagram regardless if you listen to him today and like him and and reach out because he just seems like a really cool guy and uh, I, I would love to support him. It seems like he's very successful doing what he's doing, which is a unique system of successfully rehabilitating some of the most difficult dogs out there. Uh, he has a book deal, appearances on numerous TV shows, including Dallas. He has studied with the one and only Caesar Milan, um, and uh, he couldn't have been a nicer guy. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the trainer of Cameron's dog, Fancy, who we saw this season on Real Housewives of Dallas, Brad Bevel. 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the program. Today we have somebody that is very exciting to have because it's a little different, but at the same time it has the DNA that we all love, reality shows. And you guys know I have been watching Real Housewives of Dallas all season. Now one of the, um, I don't know, funnier, crazier storylines involves uh, Cameron and Court training their dog fancy. Now, who would ever take a challenge like this uh, dealing with Cameron and Court? Uh, but our next guest has. Uh, he is the founder of Bevel Dog Behavior since 2013. Uh, three locations in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex area. Uh, I find it fascinating because his study combines his passion for animal and human psychology with a knowledge for behavioral studies, which has to relate to Cameron in some way. So, uh, Brad Bevel, Brad Bevel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, that you, was, uh, I mean, that I guess... was very well set up, by the way. Very well set <laughs> up. Well, I mean, I got to say thank you for your service. When I saw you, uh, you know, earlier in the season meet Cameron in court, I was like, this is this is a fool's errand. Like there's no way you're going to be. So how did you even get to the point where they reached out to you? How did they find out about you? Um, you know, so I, I, uh, I had an 18 year corporate career and whenever I transitioned into doing this, uh, I quickly built the brand in, in the DFW area purely through work ethic and follow through and, and consistency. And honestly, just like busting my ass doing the best job I could do. And word kind of got around uh, before I even really started marketing. And she reached out to me actually about Chunk, their bulldog. Yeah. Uh, before they even had, I mean, Louie was still around. This was before Fancy was even in the picture. And <clears throat> they decided not to really do much with Chunk because of his age and his issues. And they found a way to manage him within the home. So Cameron and I kind of already had at least like some contact. Yeah. And on top of that, I mean, I was already training a bunch of her friends' dogs. So the name just kept coming up. And so once she lost Louie, uh, she, you know, Louie was an amazing dog and obviously like a big part of Cameron's life, but, um, you know, he had some issues, behavioral issues that, that sort of went all the way, you know, kind of to the end. And so she, wanted something different for fancy. And that I really respected that about her because she didn't wait until fancy developed a lot of issues. Yeah. She jumped on it pretty early, which I really respect prevention versus intervention. Right. And yeah, uh, mean, if more, if more people would do that, I think we'd have a lot happier dogs, which is my mission, obviously. Well, I mean, I, I, when you came in, I mean, did you make that poster board for Cameron? Because it was a, <laughs> it was like a 30 step poster board that I was like, there's no way Cameron made this. There's no way you had to have made that poster board with, all I mean, the you know, like there's, <laughs> there's this cross between like entertainment and what I do. Right. Yeah. And it was, it was weird. I'll be honest, like doing the show, it was fun, a lot of fun. And Cameron and Cord are amazing. The West Coast, I mean, Cruz and Hilton are amazing. Like I love the family, but it's weird when the cameras come on and there was like this element of entertainment that, yeah. it, that was the, the whole idea, right? Was like, I mean, it's a fun storyline. Totally. And we know Cameron's not going to follow through. So it's like, <laughs> if I can provide this and Cameron, I love you. No, no disrespect, but like, 
if I can provide this like massive thing that just seems overwhelming, then it's going to yeah. make for entertainment. Of course I got hate for it online, but whatever. No, I loved it. it I loved fun. it. I was just like, there's no way I say her kids are going to follow that more than she is. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, she's putting the dog on the treadmill, which is, uh, I right. mean, that, I wish I had a treadmill to put my dog on, but, um, <laughs> I, I guess, so I, I mean, I loved that storyline because it was kind of comic relief. And right. I mean, you actually provide, I don't want to say, I want to, you provide like a real service, I think, for animals and for, yes. you know, owners to how they relate and handle their pets so they can actually have a long uh, and productive lifestyle. But we Correct. also see Cameron this season where like she was uh, pet psychics and pet, right. you know, they were contacting Louie and there was all these dog clothes and it was like the extreme side of pet owning um, yes. that I know, you, you know, you're on the flip side of that of like managing right. the day to day. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about that is I, I'm a, I, I take my profession very seriously and there there's like, I don't know what I'm allowed to share and not share. So I'll probably err on the side of, of being well, and conservative. I'll cut anything out you don't like. So, yeah. But in terms of like, like I, I mean, one of the EPs had to pull me aside and be like, Hey, we need to have more fun. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> like th this is, this great. is my career. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like this, I mean, I get the entertainment piece of this, but like, this is my career. And so, um, yeah, like I take it very seriously, but, but I like that it was real. I like that. That was actually, I like that that wasn't fully staged. I like that, that uh, you were yeah. actually providing a real service. I mean, I think sometimes with reality shows, I get scared that we're not seeing the reality. Correct. Yeah. And with me, it was, I mean, they said, Hey, just do what you do. And so I did. And then they were like, Oh, like, let's have more fun with it. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> like, well, what does that mean? I was like, I, you told me to do what I do. But, um, the point is, is if you follow us on Instagram, uh, to your earlier point about Cameron being over here and me being over here, uh, it's not really the case. Uh, we go to studios and do photo shoots with dogs in costumes. I mean, I put dogs in all kinds kinds of costumes because it's fun and it's cute. But here's the difference. The dogs are balanced. The dogs have been exercised that day. We have rules, boundaries, limitations. Uh, we lead them. We guide them. We're clear. We're consistent. We're fair. Uh, they know exactly what they can and can't do, what we want, what we don't want. And so dressing them up in clothes, that's just a fun moment, right? Like there's nothing wrong with that. And that's yeah. what people don't understand is like, it doesn't have to be militant or fun. It can be balanced oh, yeah. and fun, you know, and life, all good stuff in life is right here. It's not yeah. here or here. You I know? mean, that's exactly how, you know, that's exactly try, what I try to do is balance uh, my own personal life. So why right. should it be di any different with uh, with our pets that are so beloved? Um, Correct. Well, so you said you were 18 years corporate before you started this, right. this path, right? What right. even gets you to this point where you decide to, <laughs> I mean, that seems like a huge shift. Right. Uh, it, I mean, it, it was, and it wasn't. So, uh, I don't even know how it ended up being corporate to begin with, to be honest with you. I mean, I was, uh, you know, my dad was a Marine. My mom was a kind of a creative, um, I didn't care about school. All I wanted to do is play baseball really. I thought I was going to be a Marine or a fireman or a baseball coach, something that you think about all three of those, they're all very physical. Uh, they're, they're, there's something very tangible about them, you know, a Marine, a fireman, a baseball coach, but I just happened, I was born in 76. So when I was coming out of college, it was when the internet was starting to like be monetized, but no one really knew how to do it. There was no class. There were no, no books. 
And I just kind of dove in and I really love the creative side of, of, of design and like the structure side of code. And I started learning how to build websites. And so I, I was a, per, a personal trainer at Nokia. And Nokia at that time was the number eight brand in the world. It was the yeah. biggest handset maker in the world. It was a massive brand. And so I was training all these executives and at the same time building the skill set uh, in essentially what I didn't know then was digital marketing, right? And so um, I worked my connections and got a job at Nokia as a developer. And then I kind of worked my way up the ladder and I was a mohawk, black nails, Dickies and Chuck Taylors at work every day <laughs> with like a $10 million budget. And I was traveling <laughs> the world, like doing insane stuff. Like we did stuff in 2003 and four that like Apple's just now doing, you know, yeah. like we did crazy stuff and it was amazing. And that culture was really good for me, but you get to a point where it's like, you're making X amount of dollars and you have this lifestyle and then you have to like, kind of keep doing that. You know, yeah. and so I find myself in another job and another job and another job. And I'm like, what am I doing? The Nokia thing was cool, but I'm I, these new cultures aren't that cool. I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. I went through a divorce. And life and, goes uh, so fast. You start realizing too. so fast. Yeah. Dude, yeah. And so I'm sitting, I remember I'm sitting in my, I was uh, at my therapist, right? Because I'm going through this divorce. I'm like trying to figure out mostly. So going back to the behavioral studies, it's like, why do, why are my patterns the same, right? Like, what is it about me that's creating these patterns and how do I correct them? And one of the things that she helped me understand was she said, when are you your happiest? I said, when I'm working on my uncle's ranch or when I'm doing yard work, like literally that's when I'm the happiest person in the world. And yeah. she's like, you need to be working with your hands. Like you need to be outside. What are you doing? I'm like, yeah, I'm stuck in an office all day. And at this point, I'm vice president of marketing at a restaurant brand. Like I have this incredible life, but I'm not happy. And so I started doing that exercise. There's like four quadrants. Like, what are you good at? Um, what do you enjoy? What do people need? And what will people pay for? Right. Yeah. And where and that those four quadrants where they intersect is what you should be doing. Right. And it just kept coming back to something with animals, 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 animals. And so I took my 18 years of corporate experience of running advertising agencies and, you know, being a marketing executive. And I just took that, that knowledge. I took my work ethic and I dumped it into something that I love and boom, the brand exploded literally overnight. Like when I made I mean, the announcement, always, it was like, that's what they always say. If you find the right thing, you know, success will come yeah. to you. If you find the right totally. thing that you, I mean, that's kind of even how I, I view podcasting. It's one of the only things that I really love. And, you know, in a year and a half, it's been able to keep growing, but right. it's funny. Like, you know, it takes a long time to get to a point where you actually find something that you love because, you know, you're fighting to yes. do all of these other things that you've been told to do, but why, that's right. What was your past with your own animals? Did you have special animals growing up? Was there something, you know, yeah. what was that experience? Yeah, I did. Uh, I grew up in a home with chickens and, and ducks and parakeets and reptiles and dogs. I mean, we, we kind of had everything. Um, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, but we always had animals, always. And, uh, I don't know, man. Like I, I think growing up in the seventies and the eighties uh, and a Marine for a dad and then a creative mom, it was like the perfect mix where um, I didn't get participation trophies. <laughs> and uh, 
but but we had like the love and the nurture side so it was kind of like the structure we had yeah. a structure from my dad but we had like the the love kind of from my mom you know like the affection side nurture side from my mom so it was like this beautiful mix of how structure and order create safety and how safety creates comfort and comfort creates opportunity and opportunity creates happiness and so i got to see that from my parents and i got to see how they how we handled the dogs and the dogs were always fulfilled, but they were never, um, it was never too much punishment or like, yeah, dis- like bad stuff, but there was also not all the babying stuff that makes dogs unstable and anxious and nervous and insecure and aggressive. Like our dogs were always just kind of balanced, you know, and I n- never really thought about it. It's just like, this is how it's supposed to be. Um, and then working on my uncle's ranch, that's where I really saw dogs with a job work with human beings. So border collies herding sheep, it was like, whoa, <laughs> like I can have a relationship like this with my dog. If this is yeah, insane, yeah, yeah. you know, so I went and bought a border collie at like 15 and that became like basically my soulmate. And that was a wrap. Like I, I would take her to my friend's ranch after school every day and we'd sit under a pecan tree and like eat, I would feed her pecans and I would let her chase the cattle and, and herd them. And I didn't know what I was doing, but what I was doing was fulfilling her and building a really special bond. And that thing stuck with me, but I didn't know I could monetize it. <laughs> so <laughs> as, as a business guy, once I realized I could monetize that thing that was so special that I had between me and Georgia, it was like, pff, it was a wrap. It was a, just a no brainer. You know, this why, is what I'm doing. Why do we love our dogs so much? I mean, I guess all animals that are, you know, cats, dog, but like dogs, like I have, I mean, I'll look at my dog sometimes and just uh, want to cry, you know, like I'll, I'll just be totally. like, we have such a, and you know, it's so funny and we put so much of our own emotions onto our, our pets, but why is, I mean, what is that? I mean, I think that, that, that dogs have domesticated so well. I mean, there's, there's a reason dog is man's best friend and it's because they've domesticated far superior to any other animal and turn and I mean it goes as far as like studies that show that they really understand human emotions, facial expressions, right? Like yeah. it's next le- it's next level. Like and they know think, if you're sad. I mean, it's it's interesting. Bully. Yeah. So the their ability to understand energy, body language, they're so in tune that uh it's just special and you don't really experience it with other animals. You can, but it's just harder. I think it's easier for the average human to experience that thing you're talking about with a dog than like with a horse. But I promise you there's people with horses that experience the same thing. It's just, you have to be another level of like sensitivity to energy uh, to do it with a horse than with a dog. So I just think they've domesticated just better than any other animal, but there's a downside to that. Like you said, our dogs take on our emotions or it's something to that effect. You something about like, and yeah, that's right. That's why I have an eight month waiting list because people, <laughs> people are dumping their anxiety on their dog. They're dumping their nervousness on their dog. They're dumping their fears on their dog. They're dumping their tension on their dog. So it's not a, a, a coincidence that my most tense clients bring me the most aggressive dogs. My well, most I mean, I anxious think clients bring my most anxious dogs. Well, know? even seeing Cameron, uh, you know, dealing with fancy Cameron is a certain type of person and that's why we yeah. love her. But right. I, you know, fancy seemed like the, uh, you know, canine embodiment per- potentially of Cameron, which is uh, funny, you know? Yeah, fully. Yeah. And it's, it's a cool thing and it's a cute thing. And like Cameron and fancy are doing amazing, you know, now and, and yeah. we continued to, to work together, but 
Um, the excitement thing is Cameron's issue slash Fancy's issue. So I wish they had shown a little bit more of our sessions together because it was hilarious. Like Cameron would ask <laughs> her to do something and she would literally just like bite Cameron's hand. And then I would ask her to do it and she would do it like that. You know, it was just. Yeah, because you took you took Fancy away for a couple of days before. Wasn't Fancy with you for, for a second? And then Yeah, she was. She came. We did a little board and train with her. And uh, I mean, she's rock solid. And then they they had me shoot like some updates and stuff like that that didn't make the show. But I mean, I could literally put her on her bed and go inside and make a sandwich and watch a show and come back out and she'd be laying on her bed. But Cam Cameron struggled, but it's just the energy and the consistency and the follow through. I mean, and we don't like, there's no punishment here. We don't punish dogs. We don't correct dogs. We literally just teach, we teach, we teach, yeah. we teach. And we, we always follow through, but the key is that we keep the brain at a level where they can perform. So it'd be like, um, if uh, an athlete in a really stressful situation, the brain has to be calm for them to be able to execute what they've been taught in practice or even a student, you know, high pressure test. The brain has to be calm for them to be able to recall the information. Otherwise they panic and then they underperform. Right. Yeah. So if you look at dogs the same way, fancy's brain needs to be at like, like a zero to four for her to be able to do what Cameron wants. But if Cameron's presence <laughs> takes fancy to a seven, yeah, we're done, right? So we can't represent excitement. We should represent calmness, structure, order, safety. And then we create the excitement we want when we want it, right? And that's a really hard concept for my clients to get. They want to represent excitement because that means the dog's happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but they're well, not happier. They wouldn't. Be. I wouldn't have an eight-month waiting list if every dog. No, was I mean, it, well, <laughs> like, I mean, I remember when we get, first got our dog. Uh, you know, it was the, you know, when you come in, you know, I think you have the tendency to like, oh my god, I'm home, and that just yep. like gets them at your energy, and you love that because somebody's excited that you're home. But at the Let's same see, time, it's yeah. not the best sometimes for the animal. You know, that's right. Um, yeah, the best the best way to explain that is excitement is not happiness. Period. I don't care what species you are. Excitement is not happiness. So think about it. When those lights go on behind you, those red and blue lights, there's excitement that happens. Your brain gets aroused. Your heartbeat increases. There's chemicals released because the cops just got you for speeding. So that is de-stress. So that's a negative form of stress. Now, you just won the lottery. The exact same chemicals are released. The heart rate increases. The breathing gets shallower. So the body goes through the same form of stress, whether you won the lottery or you're getting pulled over by the cops. Yeah. That's Excitement just... is not happy. <laughs> happy is contentment and balance. Happy is yeah. always in the middle, right? So like I can have a bad day, but still be content with where I am in life. I can be depressed, anxious, nervous, fearful, and have a fun moment. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But contentment is where that's where all the beauty of life is, is in balance. And so I'm just trying to teach my clients to be balanced. Like the excitement side of it, good, create it, but you got to be able to turn it off if you're going to turn it on. Man, forget about animals work with me. I, I just, I mean, come on. <laughs> right. this, I feel like this is like, I feel like I'm, I, you guys, are you hearing this? This actually applies to <laughs> us and not just our animals, which I love because there is you, it feels like you are teaching that human component as well. Is that- totally it does, uh, it does cross over. It says you studied with, uh, Caesar Milan at certain points. Is that true? Right. 
yeah, I work for him. Uh, he's, uh, been an amazing, uh, force or impact in my life. Um, he, uh, yeah, studied with him a little bit and then also have been working for him for a few years now. And, uh, he is, uh, special. That's like and a Jedi. Like, You're like studying with like a Jedi master in terms of hundred percent, you know? Yeah. That's he's the Yoda. He's the original. <laughs> I mean, he is the man and you know, he's been through a lot and uh, he's dealt with some controversy over the years, but it's, it's literally just people who don't understand him. He is, uh, a, an unbelievable next level. Like you just sit back and go WTF, like <laughs> what just happened? You know? Yeah. It, yeah. He's, he's amazing. And, um, I was just out there actually. I just got back uh, from working with him. And it it's almost like, I don't know for your listeners who ever went to church camp, but you go to church camp and you come back all like amped up on God. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I go to the dog psychology center out in Santa Clarita and I come back home and I'm just like so joyful and so full of energy and passion again. It's like that is my Mecca, you know, and and Caesar is is a wonderful person. You and, know- I love, I love people that are excited by what they do, whether, you know, anything, you know, it's like, if you can still find that passion, uh, in a career, I mean, that's what I think. I mean, sometimes I think people, uh, make fun of excitement and I think excitement is like some, one of the, one of the great gears of, of life, you know, and, and totally. it really says you're on, on the right path. Um, in terms of quarantine this last year or however long, what did you, I mean, with a lot of your clients, did you see it have a negative impact on the dogs almost? God, you have no idea. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. So, you know, we have a really solid, uh, I'd say like a, a really solid, like heavy user base, meaning like we have these clients that I've been seeing for years and their dogs are here all the time. And if I'm working with like a celebrity client or doing something for TV or something like that, I have this pack that I can count on. They're not all mine, right? They're client dogs. This pack of dogs that I know is rock solid, that will do anything I ask them to do anytime I ask them to do it. And I put these dogs in, you know, situations with clients or with cameras or with crews or whatever, that they're not always easy situations. I know I can count on man, after quarantine, I had no pack. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> what is going on? Dude? Like, why are all these dogs coming in so bad? And what's really sad. I mean, it's really sad, but it's like, <sighs> they spent too much time with their parents yeah, and they right. got, and they got ruined. And it's like, that's not the way it's supposed to work. Like home is supposed to be about safety, love, and peace. Like it, it's supposed to be about fulfillment and, and contentment and balance and all that stuff. But it was like the more time these dogs spent at home, the worse they got. And I started getting so frustrated because clearly I loved the dogs, but I wasn't frustrated with them. I was frustrated with the owners because I'm like, why are you dropping your dog off like this to me? Like, you know what the program is, you know what your dog needs to be fulfilled. You have killed it the last two, three, four years. Why now is it like this? And look, the bottom line is, my, I have to be patient because we, as humans, we went through a lot. Quarantine was hard. We weren't fulfilled. We weren't balanced. We were unsure. We were nervous. Anxiety was high. Uh, drinking was at an all time high. Oh, right. So yeah. there's like a lot of imbalance in the human world. So instead, you know, it took me a couple of weeks and I was like, okay, patience and understanding. Right. So it's, I have to understand that these, my clients are going through a really difficult time. 
as a result, the dogs are absorbing that toxic energy or that frustration or that fear, nervousness, uncertainty, whatever it was. And so of course the dogs are going to bring that here and that's okay. My job is to support them, bring them back to balance, send them back home every week, support them, bring them back to balance, send them home. So it just, it, it took me a while to, I just have such high expectations for my clients, you know, and it took me just a, a little bit of time to, for grace, like it's okay. Yeah, everyone's yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone's struggling. Well, it's, it's almost something that you had to learn as well, you know. Of, of, you know, yes. which I find it, but it, it, it is interesting whether it be, you know, uh, the trainer that I, I work out with, or uh, you know, it's like there is this thing where you want to. I mean, like, why would you come to somebody like you if you didn't want to follow what this person says? But I'm sure Correct. that also is tough, you know, when you're actually in the situation. I was also thinking about like how hard it's going to be for so many of these dogs now. I have friends myself where their parents are going back to work. They're used to right. being there 24 seven and now it's going to change again. And sometimes I'm like, I worry about all the dogs out there having to readjust again, you know? Yes. So I sent an email to my, to my publicist the other night. So I got another, like my fourth TV show. And yeah, I was going to ask about your other TV projects. So I think you're doing more in the TV world, you know, there is, yeah, there's a lot more going on and I keep getting asked on these shows and every time the topic is separation anxiety. And I'm like, how many times am I going to do this topic? Like I'm cool doing it, but it's like, is it going to get old? <laughs> like I keep saying the same thing, you know, uh, but to your point, yeah. I mean, separation anxiety is an issue. It's a major issue because what we did, what a lot of two things happened. One, we already had a dog that we had never spent that much time with. Right. And so they got, the dog got really attached. They followed the human around all day. They weren't created. The human wasn't, um, uh, disconnecting, disengaging from them. It was constant attention and the dog got used to that pattern. The other thing that happened was the shelters cleared. I mean, this is the more dogs are in homes today than ever oh, wow. before. Yeah shelters were empty because it's like, Oh, this is the best time I ever get a dog. We're home all the time. Yeah. Right. Which <clears throat> one side of it really makes sense. But if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to unintentionally create this pattern of dependence where the dog has to be with you all the time. Yeah. So it, it, both of those things created a, a boom in my business. So I guess that's good, except for the part where I want dogs to be happy. So then that, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's, like, yeah, yeah. it's weird, <laughs> but uh, yeah, separation anxiety is a real thing. Uh, we have, it's not us being home is not the problem. Brad Bevel works from home every day. My dogs don't have separation anxiety. So it's not being home. It's how we're interacting with our dogs when we're at home. Um, and then the, the folks that went out and adopted dogs or bought puppies, they created just a really unhealthy imprint of this is what it's like to live in home with us. We're with you all the time. Right. And sometimes uh, work or school or, or uh, responsibilities, they force us to create healthier behaviors with our dog, right? Because we yeah. have to go pick the kids up. So we have to leave the dog at home or we have to go to work or go to this dinner party or whatever it is. And it forces us to do repetitions of uh, separating and disengaging, which is healthy for dogs, right? Because we're not going to be able to be around all the time. What quarantine did was give us none of those natural built-in repetitions. So the human has to be conscious that, hey, the behaviors I'm creating right now are not healthy. So yeah. I need to I need to formulate or come up with these fake opportunities kind of 
to create separation and disengagement from my dog, which most humans won't do, you know? Yeah. So yeah, the way life changed, it, it just eliminated a lot of uh, repetitions of disengagement, separation, distance. And so dogs got dependent. I just, I, I have to be, uh, you know, it's got to be interesting for you with a, a person as a business to see that trend of like, okay, now we need to like focus on something different that you probably weren't focused on two years ago with a lot of clients, you know? For sure. I mean, separation anxiety has always been an issue and it's always been something we've dealt with. Not like this. Yeah. Not like this. I mean, it, it's yeah, just, I mean, this is not even something that you could have planned. Unbelievable. Um, no. So as we start wrapping up in terms of TV, um, what is your ideal TV experience? Because I mean, I hate to bring this up, but uh, Carson Kressley on Watch What Happens Live. I mean, you're considered a sex symbol within the Bravo universe. So I know a lot of my female and even male listeners um, are, are, you know, I'll have to put a picture up of you just so they can know we're dealing with like a Bear Grylls type guys mixed with the Caesar Milan. What is your ideal TV project? Or do you like, I, I like doing it, but I don't want to really continue with it. No, I want to do it. I uh, look. My mission is human education. If I if I'm going to, I love dogs and I want dogs to be happy. But the only way I can I can help dog I can't do it one dog at a time in Dallas, Texas. There's no way. My mission is global happiness for dogs. The only way to accomplish that is human education. So the bigger platform I have to educate humans, the better for my mission, right? And so uh, absolutely, I want to do it. I think the ideal. Uh, the ideal situation is one where I can really bring the audience in and see what we do and how it impacts not only the dog's life, but the human's life, because the dogs are easy. Once you understand dog psychology and you practice it, yeah, it's, it's not a big deal. It's the challenge. I think what's interesting is the challenge of how do I get the human to understand the changes they need to make for the dog, but more importantly, how the changes they're making for the dog impact their life. And they become more balanced themselves, more mindful, more calm, um, more loving. Like the mission is, is human and, and dog peace, you know, and dogs will never have peace until humans do. do. I mean, that's so fascinating, actually, just the psychology behind all of that. Yeah. So my, my, I think we're working on some stuff and yeah. hopefully it all pans out. Uh, we currently have obviously house. I think I'll be on the, uh, the season finale, um, which is next I guess week. It's next yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I should be on that one. One last little hurrah. And then, um, I'm on a show called to the rescue, which is, and depends on the market, what channel it's on ABC, NBC, CBS, uh, CW Fox. It's on Saturday, usually Saturday mornings. And it's a show about rescue. And I share, um, I'm on several episodes, just sharing these like amazing rescue stories. Uh, that where we've come in and rehabilitated dogs that were going to be euthanized and kind of showing that process and really telling the human story of what the client had to go through to get to a place of maybe like surrendering their dog to me because it just wasn't a match. Right. And so they have the best life ever now, uh, but just not back with the owner. So there's some, some cool stuff on that. And if show. we follow you on Instagram, we should be able to find all of this. Correct. Yeah. I okay. always post whenever I'm guys, on. I'm going to, I'm going to post all that information on the show notes. So make sure you give uh, him a follow because we, we want to keep in touch with everything that he's doing. Uh, but yeah, so it's all thank there, you right? For that. It's uh, all there. And then um, of course, like, thank you, Andy Cohen and Carson Crestley, because <laughs> that, that definitely like, kind of like 
kickstarted a few things too. Oh but, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm in I'm in a bunch of Facebook forums that when you when you showed up, it was a constant like, oh, he's you know, girls are really uh, they're aggressive on these Facebook forums, and they'll tell. Oh if my there's god. Any, They'll be like that guy's hot, so it's it's hysterical too. Then I get immediately yeah. jealous and upset. So, my wife was like, because I, I don't really get on Twitter that much, and That's actually smart. I never I never <laughs> get on very Twitter. Smart. <laughs> but so we're like laying in bed after the first or second episode or something, and she's just like reading me these tweets, and I'm just like, holy smokes! Like these people are <laughs> aggressive. It's like welcome to Bravo fan base. That is, <laughs> it was great. I think it was like maybe like sixty forty or seventy thirty men over women. Yeah. So she felt like she felt good about it, you know, but, uh, yeah, it was like, it was, it was pretty aggressive. Then my, uh, my DMS on Instagram got pretty interesting for a little bit. It was, it was fun. Uh, that's amazing. But, um, so I have one question, uh, before we get out of here personally about my dog is that I have okay. not been able to watch any show with a dog or a horse because my dog will flip out. And I, by the way, like, I, I, I don't know what her vision is like. And I try to put her up yeah. to the TV and feel, I mean, what do you do in that situation? Cause some dogs don't do that at all. She flips out. Right. So I have a client just literally just the other day who had the same issue. And I said, yeah, when your dog was a puppy, uh, you told him to look at the TV and you're like, what is it? What is it? And you created it. So you train the dog to do it. Now the dog's doing it. I don't know if that's the case for you or if it's She's purely rescue, reactive. So I don't think, I think it was like from the start, but uh, okay. I mean, okay. I, I did, but it's, it's, it's never been unlearned, you know? Got it. So I just stay so, away from shows like that. What you want to do is you want to put a show on that, you know, is going to have a dog or a horse and you want to use distance. And you also want to like, I would start with the volume off. So it's all eyes or. I would like cover the TV and have the sound on. So it's ears, but I wouldn't do both senses at the same time. And I would create distance and I have your dog on a leash. So whether we're doing ears or we're doing eyes, dog on a leash, I would play the show. And what you're trying to do is the dog's getting to a 10 and freaking out. And then that's when you're trying to stop it. But there's a, there's this, uh, arousal process that happens zero to 10 and you're missing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yeah. eight, nine. Right. And so the second, like if I put it on and we're doing eyes, right. So I have it on mute and I'm just working with the eyes only, then I'm going to have the dog away from the TV, maybe whatever, 20 feet, however far you can get away and with a leash and I play the, the show. And the second he, the second your dog's smell and goes, right there as yeah. soon as the eyes boom i pull up on the lease ah uh, so not in trouble no correction no punishment but just i'm going to interrupt so i the way I, I like to like it's akin to like when i was a kid i was sitting in church and i would start getting like worked up or talking to my buddy or whatever and my dad would like reach down the aisle of the pew and like grab my shoulder <laughs> yeah 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 like it wasn't punishment. I wasn't in trouble. It didn't hurt, but he was interrupting me. Yeah. So it was just like, Hey dude, pay attention, quiet down. Right. Or if you're like at a wedding or a funeral, the kids can't talk. Well, you can't cause a scene. So you have to use calmness and some form of touch, like grab the leg, grab the arm. Right. And that touch represents. Shh, right. Yeah. So it's what we do with kids all the time. So you do the same thing with the dog. You have the leash, you have the show your distance. So it's not too close. And then as soon as the eyes catch the dog or the horse, we pull up shh, just like church. Right. Yeah. And then we slowly 
come in and we, we make the distance shorter and shorter until he can be right in front of the TV and ignore it. Wow. Then we add the sound part. We work with the eyes first, then the ears, or the ears first, and then the eyes. It just depends on the dog. But you need to do it incrementally. What you're yeah. doing is letting them explode and then being like, ah, stop. You know, at well, that it's, point, it's too late. It's fascinating. Like it, 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 I'm even impressed at times where, I mean, she'll wake up from a dead sleep sensing that is a dog's on the commercial. Like, you know, she, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, well, it's she knows really, the sound. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 If you hear that little, like, you know, like a, a chain or something like that, or a leash. Or even, uh, even, even a jingle or yeah. any type of sound effect. So, so they're, they're brilliant with patterns. So like if there's a, let's say there's a sound effect and then 12 seconds later in that ad, there's a dog. She knows that that sound effect equals dog. So all she, and dog equals explosion. So all she has to do is hear the sound effect and she explodes. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, Cause they're yeah, brilliant yeah, yeah. patterns. So then perfect. So when she hears that sound effect, you don't let her do it when she's sleeping, she's awake, she's away from the TV. You play that ad. And as soon as the sound effect happens or the jingle or the, the human line that sets her off, boom, right there. Shh. We stop it there. Don't wow. wait until it escalates, you know? I love that. Um, well, Brad, uh, Brad Bevel, um, I know you have an eight-month list or waiting list, but we can follow you on Instagram. We can, ha- yes. I mean, how do we support you? And also, I do have a, a lot of listeners in in the, the Dallas area. I mean, how do we get on your waiting list? What is the best thing if we do have a dog and want to actually sign up with you? So, yeah, if you do want to sign up, you just go to beveldogbehavior.com, you create a profile, and then we'll be back in touch with you in the next few days and and get you set up for an evaluation, at which point it's an evaluation for the dog, it's for the human. It's like, do I want to work with, it's like, do I want to work with that person? (laughs) That's smart. That's very smart. Yeah. So, so do the evaluation, assuming all goes well, then uh, we get you a date, you put a deposit and then that's your date. Um, So that's how you, you do that. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that's about to happen from an online course to, uh, some new product launches, uh, eBooks that are coming out. Like I'm trying to find ways to help people digitally because, you know, Dallas, Texas is big, but I want to help millions, not, not thousands. Yeah. So I'm creating products that, that you'll be able to purchase digitally, like the online course, different modules to, to address specific issues like anxiety, fear, aggression, leash walking, that kind of thing, um, as well as some new products that are coming out that I'm super excited about. So um, I think like if you'll just follow me, follow us on Instagram, yeah, yeah. They, we should be able all to figure it all out. Yeah. Totally. Well, this was amazing. You really, I mean, this is, uh, I, I love talking to you and I, I can't wait to watch your TV show one day and follow you, you because I kind of think the sky's the limit in terms of what you do. So uh, Brad Bevel, make sure you go follow him, uh, uh, send him our love and, uh, and we'll hopefully talk to you again sometime. I would love to. Seriously, I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you yeah, so man. much. You guys, wasn't he a good guy? Uh, so that was Brad Bevel. Go follow him on Instagram. Show him our love. Uh, that's a weird thing to say. Show him our love. I just heard me say that back at the end. And I was like, where do I come up with some of the things that I say? I'm like turning into a real weirdo. Show him our love from our heart. But honestly, show him that you appreciate him coming on. I, I, I Once again, I just think it's so cool. Like, this is his job. Like, he is passionate about this. And I really, like I've said this many times, I just, I really... I really admire people with passion. It can be for anything. That's why I enjoy Tom Sandoval so much. I've said it many times, but, you know, or, or people like that, you know, they can get, uh, 
I just think it's inspirational to uh, to work with people, to talk with people that uh, that have a goal, have a purpose, and I think that's something that we've all looked to have our entire lives. And some of us have found it, some of us are still searching for it, and that's totally okay. But it's really cool to talk to somebody that uh, has kind of found their path and and just seems so knowledgeable, so cool. Um, would you guys like to hear a clip? This is the first episode of Real Housewives of Dallas, and this will take us into our uh, recap of the Real Housewives of Dallas season finale with Kate Legayko. Uh, and also remember, we're talking about a whole bunch of different pop culture in this segment. This is a long one. So this is one that was kind of more serious. This is fun and wacky and just sit back and enjoy. We go all over the place. We talk a lot of crap and, uh, you know, we should talk a little bit, sure. But I want to play you the clip where uh, Brad who we just heard from. It was on the first episode of Dallas, and and he brings back Fancy, their dog, Cameron and Court's dog, back to the uh, their house, and he sets down some ground rules, which through the course of the season we find out that Cameron really doesn't follow. But uh, I think you'll get a good, uh, clear picture of what Brad was dealing with, and then we'll go right into Kate Legeko, who is amazing. Love you guys, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Bye. Fancy! I can't. Fancy. I don't think you're supposed to be excited when they come. You're supposed to say chill. Hello. Back. Your mom was back. Cam, I don't think that's how it's supposed to oh work. Oh my gosh, we miss her so much. Oh. Honey, you graduated from puppy school. When I brought Fancy home, she was wild. She'd bite my tennis shoe and make me drag her down the street. Fancy, did you do this? She would potty everywhere she wanted. No concern, no remorse. Look how excited she is to see us. Cam, aren't you supposed to not greet her when she comes in? Was that okay? We're going to cover that. Oh, okay. Louis did whatever he wanted. With Fancy, I want to show her mommy is not a pushover. I didn't talk to you about this, but I got a doggy Bjorn. Is that for when she can't walk anymore? I just thought it'd be so fun to like go on a walk with her in my pouch. Well, let's let's find out if that's a good idea or not. I always give people a hard time that have the strollers. Oh, we have one. We have yeah. a stroller. My favorite thing to say is, I'm so sorry about your dog's legs. Yeah. You know, I, I hope they get better. Dogs want to walk. Yeah. Fish swim, birds fly, dogs walk. Okay. So we're going to cover a lot of stuff like that. I'm happy to be here today. Thank you for letting me have fancy. But this intervention is needed. What happened at the front door is the problem. Oh my God, my baby did all that stuff. We can't continue to create that type of energy around her and build okay. that type of relationship with her. I do have a schedule for you. Okay. Oh my God. Oh my God. She's so sweet. Look at her. She's looking at us. Down. She like looks at us with her eyes and like puts a spell on you. We're gonna have to have a little bit more self-control. So it's not sorority rush every time she sees her. That's right. We call it impulse control. If I'm asking that of her, I'm gonna ask it of you. Is it true that like people start looking like their dog like over time? You know, like that saying like, oh, you start looking like your dog? I hope so. I hope your hair looks like this. So given your history, this is Fancy's accountability no schedule. Way. All the house rules are right here. 
and then we have schedule. the daily schedule. So I can do the elliptical, mm -hmm. and she could do the treadmill, treadmill right next to me. Absolutely. Mommy daughter workout. Why don't we get started with the treadmill? Okay. All right, fancy show off. Good girl. Look at that. So I'm gonna hold the leash at first. Okay. She is. So she's smelling it because she's not used to being on it. Oh no! Fancy! You're not supposed to do that. It's literally just the presence of Cameron. Right? Wait, you said she's potty trained. You made me look bad, Fancy. No, it's not you. It's uh, someone else. Core thinks I cannot train Fancy. Are you kidding me? Core, I trained you. You just don't know it. Way to make your debut, Fancy. Oh my goodness. You're doing so good. Look at you. Welcome, everybody, to your Tuesday episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so let me explain what we're going to do today. What you just heard was Cameron's dog trainer who was in this season of Real Housewives of Dallas. And you might be saying, Ryan, I don't even watch Real Housewives of Dallas. Well, you know what? Look no further than today's podcast. You are going to listen to this recap. And I didn't mean that forcefully. Like, you're going to listen to this recap. I mean, <laughs> you're going to listen to this delightful recap. And we're going to talk about a couple other things, I'm sure. But how this works is I kind of want to promote the Patreon because... Let's face it, I'm broke, and and I and I and we've we've recapped this entire season of Dallas, which I think has had some really high points, uh, but mainly it's the friends that we've made along the way, and uh, I have been uh, co-hosting these recaps with my really good friend Kate Legeko. So Kate is joining us. Kate, you are on the main feed today. Are you nervous? A little bit, yeah. Uh well, Wow. I mean, what's the backlash like on this part? I mean, you, yeah, this could affect like future uh, <laughs> job, job things and all that stuff, know. you know? <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, and just to fill you in, Kate, uh, you live where again? I live in the middle of Dallas. Um, I guess if, if you're familiar with Dallas, I live in the Katy Trail area. Okay, so. Dallas, that's another reason why she's so dang good mm -hmm. at Real Housewives of Dallas. She understands these people. She understands yeah. the mentality. She's able to call their BS out like that. She is a Dallas uh, local tried and true. So, of course, she mm -hmm. brings that kind of uh, spitfire knowledge to these recaps. And I don't want to... I don't want to butter her up too much in case she completely tanks today, but she really is of one of the best recappers, and I and we always have a great time, and she always gets the most amazing comments. So uh, I thought we have to do this because tonight, you know, you, if you listen to this on Tuesday, tonight is the first episode of the Real Housewives of Dallas reunion, and uh, Kate, we've talked about this on the 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 podcast. Is the Real Housewives of Dallas reunion? Brandy Redman and Carrie uh, Tequila. Uh, mm -hmm. As I call her, uh, Tila Tequila, Carrie. Um, mm -hmm. Tila Tequila. Carrie. They both have. Uh, well, Carrie had COVID, and supposedly maybe gave it to Brandy. We're not sure, but they, in the reunion, they are just video screens. Like they're like the Wizard of Oz, and they have really bad lighting. So right then and there, it's right. worth watching, right? Yes, but Carrie looks like she got a little bit of help, and Brandy looks like my dad on FaceTime. Like, that angle. It Except my dad doesn't overline his eyes and wear silver eyeshadow. Not yet. You don't know what this pandemic's Not done yet. to him. Um, it, Brandy has kind of like a like an evil genie kind of look to her. Like, there's, it, it looks like she, there's no soul in her eyes because it's like two dark raisins in her eyes. 
I know. She thinks the shaman is bad. I mean, she looks, she perpetuates pure evil to me. So I have to catch I'm going to go ahead and go there. Yeah, wow. You you really buried the lead. Pure evil, you guys. Well, we'll see you on Wednesday. (laughs) Um, So we're going to say some things that are probably a little inside baseball. But like Kate just said, she said shaman. And you're like, Ryan, what does shaman have to do with anything? Well, Deandra, who has been on this podcast before and one of the leads of Real Housewives of Dallas, she has been consulting a shaman all season long that will blow things into her nose. And she really credits him to making her a better person. And he's not only a shaman, you guys, he also does uh, Stephanie's extensions. So he's a multi-talented shaman. Mm-hmm. And most, you guys don't know this, most shamans are multi-talented. They're not just shamans. I think that's the misconception about shamans. His biggest mistake is not partnering those two services together. Oh my God, could you imagine? You could do some bullshit in, where- In Dallas? Yeah. To Joe? Like I, I put these extensions in you on your hair. I mean, we use our hairstylists as therapists anyway. You know, we don't give them enough credit. So why not just like do a twofer? Yeah, I mean, it does seem like it would save a lot of time and energy, and especially when we're getting back to normal. And I think Dallas, if I'm not mistaken, has been back to normal for the last six months uh, in COVID. (laughs) Did you guys Uh, even experience COVID over there? What happened? (laughs) I mean, Deandra was in the hospital with COVID, coincidence, after a shaman blew up her nose in the middle of last fall or last spring. Um, No, it feels like a constant struggle to make sure Florida is always worse in the news. (laughs) For me, like, I'm just like, oh, because we have, um, let's get political people. We have fucking Ted Cruz. And like, it's just embarrassing. But Florida, I feel like Florida edges us out. You know, sorry to any Florida people, but you, you know what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> it is a dr- I have a, I have so many friends in Miami area that I love dearly. So it is it is very interesting. Uh, I, it, it, anyways, yeah. Um, the the Deandra, just you guys. I, I want to catch you up on the characters of Real Housewives of Dallas, so you can know what I think. This has been a decent season. A lot of people have hated it with a white hot passion, and for me, if I don't expect something from a show, I get a lot out of it. And I feel like this season Uh was great. So Stephanie, uh, she, I mean, I will say Stephanie didn't have a good season overall. She's married to Travis. And her big storyline was that she um, donated some lockers to a high school. And that was her, that, I mean, that was it. And she joked about having anal sex with her husband a couple times. A couple times? Well, it seemed like it was in their repertoire. It seemed like it was like, if they have go time, it's like, okay, let's do. And, And she's from Oklahoma. And they had a big, they went and did a Bigfoot search, you guys, to hunt down Bigfoot. Um, But that's really it with Stephanie. She really had a non-starter season, and I don't know what else to say. I don't dislike her, but I definitely didn't love her this season, you know? Uh, I had a major problem with Stephanie this season. Season, um, this season. Because sorry, that's the blowing it. On. Wow, main feed, and you're blowing uh, it. Yeah. She's never, uh, she's never stumbled like this, folks. <laughs> I had like one of those uncharacteristically hard uh, business days, and so I, um, Stephanie said some like hard hitting comments in the confessionals, but then just act like a doe eyed idiot in the moment. And I hate it when people hide behind their confessionals. Yeah. Um, 
I'm, I'm forgetting like a good example of that. Um, but that's why I like Atlanta and the New York ladies because they say it in the confessionals and to their face. And I felt like Stephanie pussied out. Yeah, well, Stephanie and her friendship with Brandy is very interesting. And I wanted to kind of draw the correlation between uh, Hannah and Paige from Summer House. You oh, know, Christ. It, it, <laughs> it feel, but it doesn't it feel like that a little bit of like these people that like stand by their friends no matter what, which is what we're taught to do. But I guess when you put that on TV, you immediately have the majority of the audience going, girl, what the fuck are you doing? Why don't you say something to your stupid friend about their behavior? And she's like, uh, she was she 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 was in, she's in a very bad place, which I don't yeah. doubt she's in a very bad place. Brandy seems like she possibly could be in a horrible place. Which, I wonder how she got there. Well, but my thing is, if you're in a horrible place, like a truly horrible place, like even like maybe Dorinda right. was last season, sit it out. You know, like it, fame is not worth it. Fame is not worth it. In fact, I think it brings potentially more, hey, mo money, mo problems, right? A hundred percent. I definitely, that's one thing I have learned in this city is that um, the richer you are, just the more unhappy, the more problems, just even like the high school kids, like how you see with kids of Bravo celebrities growing up with that much money, like the, the Adderall and the, the eating disorders. I, I feel bad for a lot. Well, I don't feel too bad, but I'm happy that I didn't grow up um, in that environment, you know? Uh, but anyway, back to why I hate Hannah. I hate Hannah so much. It hurts. Um, anyway. Well, I mean, that seems to be a popular opinion so much that I want, like, it's like almost, I want to, I want to, like, it's like, I, I feel bad. Like, I don't want to hate on Hannah anymore because I feel like it's then giving people a reason to stand up for her. And I feel like she doesn't deserve that kind of stand up behavior. Did In fact, I'm going to play a clip on today's podcast. Did okay. you see Bravo chat room? Um, the clip of her from last night saying that Danielle is just jealous of her because, you know, Danielle tried to hook up with Luke at that New Year's Eve party. And and she has like Portia and Giselle going like, oh, girl, Danielle's bad news and da da da. And like, of course, they're going to stand up for Hannah, their their co-worker. Um, but they don't know what they're talking about. Like Hannah's I've never seen somebody quadruple down so hard and really not have that much of a leg to stand on. It's really infuriating, but it it is entertaining? Question mark. Mm, see, I won't watch Bravo chat room because I hate Hannah. So I won't ever know. <laughs> I just did a spit take. For, yeah, I've hated her for 2 years. Uh, I have a I have a big chip on my shoulder for girls that grew up and just go like well, you know, I was just so concentrated on tennis and, uh, you know, it's always training and, you know, I'm just, you know. Wait, wait, wait. What's training. wrong? Wait, what's wrong with girls like that? Because I grew up always in sports and doing that. And I just hate that weird, like, you know, I'm just, I'm different. You know, I was always training and you're just like, get the fuck over yourself. Like, well, I, how do you respond to a lot of people calling you the Hannah of podcasting on this show? <laughs> Is there any? I do have a questionable softball past for sure. <laughs> Wait, what did um, you? Is it true you uh, you were juicing? You were chasing the dragon during uh, your softball training? I was juicing on milkshakes. If you look at my size, um, <laughs> 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 but like my dad sat my ass out there and he sat on a chlorine bucket. That's right, a bucket that holds chlorine from pools. And yeah, I, got I couldn't that. come inside till I threw a hundred pitches. They had to be a hundred either strikes or like you know i had to start over like but like and you guys just just so just so you know she is a professional softball player right now so it definitely paid off 
No, she's actually an yeah, interior no. designer, but um, but it is no, funny. No, I'm not. But wait, wasn't your dad? Wait, so your dad was trying to be a Tiger Woods dad to you, and it just didn't work. Yeah, but like the he got to sit the whole time, and so he was like, <laughs> "Do it you again." Know, and, and then like he would. I mean, this is specific, but my dad's six six, so when he sits, he's taller than the average like player. So then I would go in a game, and I was throwing the balls too high because my normal catcher was like a guy the size of Harry and the Hendersons, you know? So love that movie. I love guys. If you haven't seen Harry and the Hendersons, it's with John Lithgow. It's just a family fun movie that I fell in love with as a kid. And it doesn't get brought up as, as much anymore, but that's why I was so excited that Dallas did a Bigfoot episode. Cause it reminded yeah. me of Harry and the Hendersons. And I would like to think that Harry, the Bigfoot monster of Harry and the Hendersons, would have killed uh, Carrie potentially. Like, I mean, if because yeah. Carrie was such a loudmouth on that Bigfoot trip that I just feel like one swipe from Harry and the Hendersons, it would go from a G family fun movie to a hard mm-hmm. X, you know? Yeah. And I, um, I kind of miss that stupid movies like that don't get made. But ever since Cats got remade, I feel like anything's possible. I still have never seen Cats because I hear it might not even be <laughs> funny bad it just is bad might be bad bad no it is it's hysterical Mm. you're gonna die you have to see it because you watch and you go oh my god this is really embarrassing for jason derulo and then you go no 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 it's embarrassing for taylor swift oh and then you're like no this is embarrassing for james and it just like you think it can't get worse and it keeps building and like they have cat tits and you're like why are they standing upright with wait do they have cat areolas yeah, well, like, when Taylor Swift is supposed to be a cat, she still has, like, the shape of a human person. And then, sure. like, I believe there's scenes, you know, in the original one where they didn't, they actually, they forgot to Photoshop the hands. So, like, Judy Dent has, like, human hands with a wedding ring, but she's a cat. And it's Hey, if you're making so a movie good. musical about cats, you know, it, you're bound not to be perfect. It's an impossible task, you know? And who I really knows so trouble what cats... bringing up cats. Wait, Why? From your sisters? I bring up, yeah, she's screaming now. If I if I try to bring up Cats, the movie, she's like, please stop. It's kind of like when you do your Caitlyn Jenner all the yeah, time. Yeah, baby, what's up? <laughs> hey, catch up boobies. Catch up boobies. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. no Vote for me for governor. Um, I, which, by the way, listen to your podcast. I didn't really catch the irony that apparently her ad is in a car. Like, don't yeah. forget, I was charge of vehicular manslaughter over hitting someone with a car here's me and my convertible with my dog you know by the way are are dogs even supposed to be riding without a seatbelt in the front seat like the dog was no. big like my and it was a convertible dog, it, my parents dog is in the middle back seat in a buckled car seat yes i mean that would be the safest i mean i have a tiny dog but like that dog was riding shotgun and if caitlin hit somebody again that dog would go flying out I know. I mean, I don't think she should be allowed to own dogs. I'm going to go ahead and go there. I mean, Caitlin, if anything, I feel like that shouldn't be a, an ad for governor. It should be an ad for like, I'm learning to get back on the road again after killing someone, you know, like, look at me. It's just I mean, weird. I'm starting to really feel for Brody and Brandon because I don't know. What's oh, good. David Finally, Foster. some pity for Brody. Yeah, pity I'm Brody. sorry. Caitlin and David Foster fucking kill me now. Two worst human beings. Did you ever watch David Foster's reality show, Princes of Malibu? Yes, but 
I recently watched this Netflix documentary, which I'm obsessed with because he comes off like David a complete Foster. dick. Yes. And and we, he thinks he's like killing it, which is amazing. Well, and then Catherine McPhee, his, you know, eighth wife or something. Uh, yeah. Like it yeah. is so bizarre. Like the whole documentary, you guys, is like about literally how he did not show up for any of his families or his wives. <laughs> yeah. But people are just like, but he made so many good songs. Like even his wives were like, you know, like, cool. He's a great he's a great songwriter. And he'd be like, sometimes I would disappear for years at a time. And then you see how screwed <laughs> up the kids are like the kids are going to award shows just to see their dad. And like they're yeah. excited to be at the table with him, even though it seems like they it, guys, it, I, I wish I could. I wish I could explain it. it or just like, no, I'll just tell you this Remember, He looks, he leans down to the camera and smiles and goes, what can I say? I'm a runner. <laughs> yes. Yes. He said he's a Talking runner. In fact, about he... leaving his children behind. And I was like, what? He, yeah, he says he runs from relationships and then poor Catherine McPhee, they keep cutting to her on a talking head and she's like, we're learning to uh, live together. I mean, it just does not bode well. And in fact, Catherine oh McPhee, it helps him, it helps her that he's getting so old because it's hard, hard to run when you're old, you know? Yes. And I was, um, the only good thing to come out of the pandemic is that he wants to be an EGOT recipient. Oh yeah. And he Tony really wants to win a Tony, Tony. And he was trying to do something on Broadway and the pandemic hit. And I was like, thank God, I really don't want David Foster to get that Tony. I love people that have goals for awards. When like awards are like literally the weirdest, like there, it's, <laughs> yeah. there's no guarantee on winning. A, like you could do the best performance music. It, it's all in the eye of the beholder. It's subjective. <laughs> and like, there's just no, I mean, I was just like, man, you should have started with a Tony. It's probably easier to win a Grammy. Don't, I mean, don't ask the weekend that, but um, <laughs> it, I know David Foster, you guys really, it's on Netflix and it really yeah. is. Uh, it made me laugh so much, but not in the ways that I, I mean, I no. wasn't supposed to make you laugh, you know? I like how my goal for awards is hoping that certain people don't get certain awards because I'm, I don't know, a terrible person, but I just want him, it would make me happy if he never got it. <laughs> That's what I want. You know what? I want to be hovering over his grave and just know that yeah. he did not win that Tony because I, yeah. Then it will be R.I.P. Um, uh, David Foster, and then it will just say Ego, not Egot. Yes. Ego. Oh, Ryan. Chills. Brilliant. Goose pimples. Br- chill. Nipples Literally. hard. Let's do this. Goosebumps goose where I'm from. Goosebumps. <laughs> goosebumps. You know what? It's from goose- o- me, and Tif- uh, me and Tiffany. Me and, me and um, Stephanie being Oklahomies. That's disgusting, but great, great way to bring it back to Real Housewives of Dallas. I know we're gonna get off track. Way like to a, no, like no, no, train. no, no. I wanted to. I mean, because I did want to talk about a couple things before Dallas, and I, I do want to go okay. through the characters too. We got, we got so much to cover, you guys. But it's basically to get you hyped for this reunion, which I think the good thing about reunions are you can watch them and they're designed by design to enjoy them without even having to see the whole season. You know? Oh, absolutely. I love reunions just because it's like that great compact you can like skip the whole season and watch the reunion do you like personal family reunions or just show reunions oh god um ever since like trump and my sister's gay wedding um i don't i wouldn't love one but i because i've cut (laughs) like a lot of i've cut a lot of family out like a lot of people have um 
you know, after, and you know what? Never been happier. Don't need that fucking big of a family. I'm over it. Wild. You are wild. Um, Everyone's like, can you get over it? Have been looking for a reason to cut those people out for decades. So I'm, I couldn't be happier. Have your parents ever, um, been upset at you for any kind of family dilemma with other family members of like, Kate, please don't be so opinionated. Um, I, when I, I'm very stubborn, so I can go without talking to someone for an extremely long period of time, but it's usually a sister. I've done it for decades with certain people. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, they, they just keep me out of the room. Like they already know I'm a, but my mom also, like, you can't really, um, my mom's, we're the same person. So they worry about my mom just as much as me. So it, it would be great if every time you do that, your dad goes and makes you throw a hundred softballs out back. <laughs> he's like, you know where to go. Get anyway. the softballs. And I'm like, you know what, Ryan? You know what? Never bring up my family. <laughs> <laughs> you will not bring up. She, she was doing Hannah Burner's performance from Summer House this season. I got into yeah. an argument with somebody yesterday about Hannah's uh, quote unquote performance because I said I thought she really acted during the yes. uh, during the reunion. And then somebody clarified, well, and I want to clarify this a little bit more. I don't think she acted in the sense of like she was doing a scene. I feel like when there's a stage or a microphone or something, and this is very typical of certain people, she turns it on. Like there's a narcissist quality about Hannah where she just goes for the jugular and she's amped to a 10. And to me, that's performance like. I don't mean she was like reading lines and like, you know, I just feel like she's ready to cry, ready to yell, ready to laugh, ready to say a dirty joke. She's at the ready. And and guys, a I dirty gotta, stolen joke, a dirty stolen joke. Yeah. And I got to say that really does work on certain elements of reality shows. I just don't see how they come back because I don't imagine part two of the summer house finale is going to be all, uh, you know, huggy kissy with everybody. Uh, I can't wait for what Luke says. I, I do what do you think it intel? is? Mm. Um, I mean, I think they want us to believe he says he's like, he played into it for the cameras and then she gets upset that he played with her. But, um, I mean, they usually steer us in one direction and it's usually another. So I don't know, but, um, you know what I think makes me happy. Oh my God. I think what I I think he's going to say is, you know how Hannah keeps saying that she blew him twice. Right. I think he's going to say that was with a fake penis that he carries around. That's not his actual penis. Wow, Ryan. Yeah. Nobody else. I can guarantee you nobody else has speculated that theory. (laughs) Like, that's how that's how tight. Honestly, the way she and does talk so immaturely about sex, I don't put it past her to not know what the fuck a real one is at this point, because she she sounds like that girl that talks about sex so much, but is a virgin. You know, it's like, or like the so, 40, the 40 year old version of like, yeah, I love feeling boobs like bags of sand. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> right. Because it, it is. It's like you said, it's performative and it's but I mean, it's the tale as old as time. She thought she was hot shit and she overshot and she failed. A, a big I really love I really love that you said a tale as old as time because that's really what it means is in regards to shows like Summer House. It's a tale yeah. as old as time, you know. Reality star gets too big for the britches. They think they're the whole show. They they Lisa Vanderpump it or or jacks it or whatever and think they're the whole show and then they forget that they can't write their own narrative. The the audience always sees through. It does, but it is interesting that little small rebellious group that stands up for Hannah. 
you know, and I'm just like, at what Who point? Who are these people? I don't, know, I don't know, like a handful. I know, no, but I'm saying there are people out there. But my thing is, what would it take for these people to like finally go, okay, yeah, that's pretty bad. Like, I always crack up about people that defend sometimes what I think of as the indefensible. And I don't mean like Hannah's just like over and out as a person. Obviously, you know, I think if she would found a way to make Trump up with supporters. people. No, I found out a way to make it. Hey, you're on notice, Kate. You're on notice. Um, uh, so, but it's people that that like go that hard how does she ever come yeah. back into the fold like how do you ever i just don't see how you cross that bridge at that time like it feels like there's there's too many old wounds that i i mean i'm not friendly with people that have talked that much shit about me over and over again you know oh uh, she, we keep telling her to fall on the sword like you said come out and say you know what 2020 i was on some shit it yeah. got to me and I'm sorry. And she won't do it. And like every time she doubles down more, it makes me realize why last season I really was so turned off with her being so I could see that building. And um, I think we were all right. Like, and the, the joke stealing and I just don't like, I don't like that the community she's trying to get into, i.e. the comedy community. The comedy community. Like she's doing a pretty, I, or do you think we're yeah. members of the comedy community? Like, what is it? Do you have to pay dues to be a part of the comedy community? Ryan, we have fat kid problems. We're allowed in. It's a lifetime membership, and we're in. Okay? Yeah. Okay, I got you. Well, I didn't I didn't need yeah. to be... I didn't mean to need to be talked to like that. I can tell you that much, Kate. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, I'm having a Weight Watchers wine spritzer, and it's really getting to me. Wait, Weight Watchers has its own spritzer brand? Yeah, my sister got it. It's a ruby grapefruit, 100 calories per can. I mean, watch out, lover boy, but... Um, now, me and Kate, I you know, the reason she said that, if you guys don't listen to the uh, Patreon, we've been former, uh, I don't want to say fat kids, but former people yeah, with weight sorry, problems... Just- uh, just body dysmorphic. Yeah, we have body dysmorphic. There's issues, like a whole yeah. bunch of issues. So that's what she means by that. Just so, just to catch you up. If you're on the Patreon, you know that, that we talk about this regularly. But, it, you know, so we're both, we've both gone through similar phases. In fact, I could show you a lot of Kate's pictures just to give you a visual example. I mean, I'm back there now. I do. The no, you're not back there now. Oh, yeah. I gained all of it back in 2020, nervously eating at night, watching Hitler documentaries on the History Channel. Um, waiting for impending. Oh, you didn't, you didn't watch those on MTV. Okay, cool. On MTV. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was watching Hitler die. Ridiculousness will be interrupted tonight by Hitler. <laughs> Ridiculous. Ridiculousness. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. So, uh, are you excited for real housewives of New York that premieres tonight after the real housewives of Dallas, uh, reunion? It does. It's tonight. No, Tuesday night. Like they're going to be listening oh, to it sorry. tomorrow. Okay, this is two. This is. Oh, okay, okay. We're oh, not live. We're not live on. <laughs> By the way, you guys, I see her on the screen, and she's like, she literally like looked like she just sobered up immediately. She's like, tonight, I've got to go. I've got to go. I mean, I think most people love New York and can't get enough in New York, so it's going to be interesting with only five main housewives, with one being new. Um, you got. I cannot wait to see Ebony interact with um, Ramona, although I hear she has problems with Luann. Um, but I'm going to miss Tinsley. I know that's stupid, but... No, God, no. I, I'm a I'm a Tinsley apologist. I love Tinsley, and I love her mom, Dale. I've got such yes. a... I, I, and 
Speaking of like mothers that kill, Mama D, Deandra's mom, is yes. just such an icon. They really, you know, if you want to make a good housewife, I think what part of that that does, you know, you have to make sure they have a great mom. And these yes. moms that they pick, because we're doing Miami right now on the Patreon, and Mama Elsa is amazing yes. as well. Like they really yes. knock it out of the park. And I feel like they, these ladies make great house. Like these ladies literally make, and I mean make as in birth, great housewives, yeah. you know? I really wish that I could experience like you watching Miami for the first time because I, I think Mama Elsa, God rest her soul, was one of the most incredible people I ever saw on television. We just started season two and I'm on episode two and I love season one and episode two, you guys, uh, season two, episode one starts off with a bang at the end. Mama Elsa gets wheeled away on a stretcher. She's like, oh, are my legs closed? Like, oh, my <laughs> panties. Like it was... That's a horrible Mama Elsa imitation, but right. she's such a special lady. She's hysterical. Yeah. She knows it. I mean, I I can't. And the funny thing is, I always, this is why I've, I'm rethinking everything I've ever thought in my life is I've always thought, I always thought Real Housewives of Miami, like, ah, it got, got canceled. I don't need to go back and watch that shit. And now I'm watching it. I don't know why it got canceled. It is just as either. good as, I mean, it's definitely better than Dallas. Yes. I mean, I. I don't even really know. I know at the time they said low ratings, but I just in my head thought it was like salary problems because they were rock stars. I mean, is Lisa Hochstein in season two? Season yeah. two? She's, Did she's, you get to her yet? Yeah, she's married to the uh, the breast surgeon, the, the plastic surgeon. Yes, yeah. but like Marisol, Adriana. Then you you have Alexia and her son that beat that poor homeless man to death, and like you have Leah Black. You have, uh, I, and I, and Leah has the skincare line like Deandra. So I always thought of like her as the other skincare um, housewife, and and she gives a lot of Erica Jane advice now because like of the lawyer high high powered lawyer. I've been yeah, trying to Roy. follow. Yeah, do, um, do, do you ever yeah. think with skincare lines and housewives? I almost feel like at a certain point, haven't we discovered everything that we possibly could ever discover about skincare? Like our, you know, they're like. I mean, it's like it's like when toothpaste are like, you know, now with this, like, well, why didn't you give us that to begin with? Like, if you're telling me this is better than this, why are we even selling this anymore? Why don't we just always sell the better thing? But with skincare, it's like they're always like discovering new foods to put on your face, and I just feel at this point in humanity, we sh we should know everything about skincare at this point. No, we got to have new vaccines and new skincare. And new, Wait, where did like vaccines come issue. from, Kate? What? Because to me, it's like ever evolving. It's like in the lab. They're like developing, developing, developing skincare in the lab. Like they're constantly getting new techniques. You it's like it's like when Kylie Jenner goes into the lab to make those lip kits. She's like, or I'll put when, a little this um, or a little that. They ask. I'm obsessed right now with an old uh, clip where they ask Kendall Jenner who her spirit animal is, and she says Tupac Shakur. <laughs> it could be the worst thing i've ever fucking seen in my life you know kindle just always puts her foot in it like that girl is so desensitized in a different way mm -hmm. than i am and she just doesn't seem to get it in any fashion mm. like i don't understand half of the things she says she did some prank where she acted like she was engaged to devin booker and it's like why do you guys don't feel the need to do this shit. Like live your life. Like I don't, I, I think you're, I don't know. It just, it's a, at a point in their celebrity that I feel like they have no 
actual human concept of what we think of them. You know, they're like living on some kind of borrowed imagery of like the goodwill we had from that had for them 10 years ago. And I just uh, it's wild. Like, I don't know how they exist. And I'm saying that like it must be really tough to be them, actually. No, I actually a part of me wants to like ask an astrologer or somebody that looks into birth charts. And it makes me think that Chris's um, anguish over the death of Nicole Simpson, like affected uh, the pregnancy and birth of Kendall Um, because it's, it's, she just seems all over the place. Like, Oh, like you said, from the Pepsi Tupac, like it's, it's just Uh, every step is wrong. What Kate's uh, uh, reminding us of is that infamous Pepsi commercial that lasted all of a couple days where, you know, there were Black Lives Matters protests and things like that. We're talking years ago, before this summer this even. This is pre-Black Lives Matter mainstream. But, I mean, they, but that was, right. protests were a part of, like, where it was, like, a really dangerous, uh, not dangerous, a, a situation that was happening and popping up. And then Kindle somehow was pitched a commercial where <laughs> a, a protest was about to break out between kids and police. And then really? Kindle's like, I've got an idea. I can stop this. Me, Kendall Jenner, and she hands a Pepsi to the police officer, and he's like, okay, and everybody's clapping, and like, Kendall, like, and that's, that's why, I mean, I just like, where were you this summer, Kendall? We needed you in Los Angeles so bad, and like, just to hand out Pepsis, but I just love that, like, why did Kindle, because Kindle also, you guys, had the proactive commercial. Which, let me oh take you back God. to that day. So that day, Chris Jenner releases a post saying, my daughter is doing something so brave at 6 p.m. So Eastern brave. Standard Time tonight. And I was sure, 100% sure that she was coming out as a lesbian. Like I was like, not even, I was beyond a shadow of a doubt of like, and I was even already about to give her props of like, that's bravery. Like, congratulations, Kendall. Welcome to the, you know, welcome to the resistance. Let's go. And then it's a fucking proactive commercial of when I was a kid, I used to have bad blemishes. That's the fucking thing that Kris Jenner said she was being brave about is coming. I'm like, is she doing this for free? No. She And by the way, Justin Bieber had done one. Adam, uh, the Maroon 5 guy had done I'm one. Levine. Yeah, everybody worth their salt has done a proactive commercial. But the fact that she said that was brave was something so, like, why does all the other girls get so much more PR attention from Chris and Kendall gets, like, the cast off of, like, like does Kendall even recognize maybe Chris is not the manager for her? Because she gets stuck with the worst shit. Like, how is this getting approved over there? I don't know. How is how does Chloe keep making these fuck ups? Like, I don't know. Like who I, is Chris focusing on? Like, I cause I know maybe just Corey, maybe he, she's just focused on Corey Gamble and Corey's like, I want that big tush. Like he does. I, he goes, I want that because Corey, Corey, Corey is so horny for Chris Jenner. He's like, Oh baby, I want to yeah. lick your butt cheeks and stuff like that. He's so yeah. horny for Chris Jenner. And it's, I I want to say inspirational, but it's also gross because we have to watch it. Like he's he wants us to believe that they are constantly fucking. Like they are like there are episodes of Kardashians where he was like, oh, I can't wait to slide down that caftan and let's I mean, see those privates. Speaking of Chris, I mean, did you see DeAndre's blazer in the reunion? You want to talk about blazer game? She had major Chris Jenner vibes. Deandra, um, talk about. And also talk about racks. Deandra has a very nice rack from Dallas. Is that is that oh. is that all right to say or no? 
I mean, I think so, but okay. Well, I don't. I don't want to be offensive to racks. I'm usually talking to gay men all day, so I have to like switch my brain into. Um... Yeah, now you're talking to a man's man. You're talking to a tough dude now. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um. Okay, so we have gone all over the map because we are pop culture yeah. lovers, folks, and I think you like that as well. Yeah. But let's start concentrating a little bit more on our personal life. Kate, what? No, uh, I'm just I joking. Thought, I'm I joking. What have you heard lately? I'm Nothing. Well, no, actually, that no. is like a good point. Nothing on Army Hammer. It is silent, which is very interesting, but he has not come forward or anything like that. Did you see that Ben Affleck thing today where he got that girl posted a thing on TikTok? You're a big TikToker. Did you not see this? I am, but I had um, an uncharacteristically uh, busy uh, actual working day. So I haven't been on TikTok today. What, what happened? So this girl did one of those waking up in the morning yeah. thinking about yeah, so Melania. and hers was Argea. the the time that Ben Affleck matched with me on Raya and I didn't believe it so I unmatched with him and then he sent her a video going hi so and so this is Ben why did you unmatch with me and she posted the fucking video of Ben Affleck doing it Naveen why did you unmatch me it's me Guys, it's Ryan. That was actually Ben Affleck um, commenting back to that girl. That's his voice. Crazy, right? I, I'm devastated. I know that gets you kicked off a Raya, but I would do that. I would post that from the heavens. Like, I would love that. That would be the best moment of my life. But isn't there something, I, I guess, you know, Ben Affleck is a living, breathing human being. But like, man, don't, uh, like, I, I'm all good with, I guess, like, don't go on dating apps because it's an unfair advantage to all us, like, normal people. But mm. but also, like, yeah, Ben, like, if you need dating apps, what the fuck do the rest of us need? Like, if, you, and if you're getting unmatched on, like, it's like, dude, you can just, like, throw a rock, I bet, and people want to talk to you all day long. And now you have to go to the dating apps and pick, like, hot women. And, like, and then where does that lead? Like, I just wonder... I guess what I'm saying is I wonder how many people Ben Affleck has slept with in his life. What do you think? I mean, I don't, especially with how early, how long he's been in this game. Uh, and to, to have pulled people like Gwyneth in Shakespeare and love days. Jesus. I never was. I, a, mean, I never was a Gwyneth fan. I mean, I never inter I like I'm a Gwyneth fan and like her work, I guess, or goop, but I've never thought Gwyneth yeah. Paltrow was hot. Um, I disagree. Have you ever seen View from the Top? She looks amazing as a stewardess for a Cleveland, Ohio airline. <laughs> I think more women find Gwyneth Paltrow attractive than right. men find Gwyneth Paltrow attractive. I guess that's fair. I'm not a goop person now, but like I, I, was, I, I like me some Gwyneth in movies. Well, this shows you how long I've been studying pop culture. I remember when they did date and there was a premier magazine article rest in peace premier magazine where ben affleck and Gwyneth paltrow talked about they used to take the concord there used to be this airplane mm. uh, the concord guys that would do international flights and it could fly to london in like three hours or something insane i just know it was half it was yeah it was half, half oh, so so three not three it was but it was and then they got they did away with the concord because one time a plane exploded on takeoff because of a yeah. bad wheel. And so the Concorde never flew again, but they used to talk about taking the Concorde all the time, which was insanely expensive. And right. Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, bought Ben Affleck, Affleck, a very expensive Rolex. Do you know, like, think about this too. 
how many fucking Rolexes Ben Affleck has from different women? Because I think J-Lo bought him a Rolex. Like, he, you know, is he like, fetch me my J-Lo Rolex? If he has a housekeeper. Yeah, I don't think Ana de Armas got to buy him a Rolex. No, hers is like, you know, fetch me the Anna Swatch Watch. Fetch me the Duncan gift card. I mean, what's a what's a cheaper kind of uh, uh, watch? I don't know. Go to Zales. I don't know. Fetch me my Zales jewelry. Michael Kors. You would. I would love to see uh, like a an A A plus celebrity. I think it would have to be someone like Brad Pitt that the audience pretty much kind of trusts, even though we still don't really know what happened with the Angelina Jolie thing, is if he, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for his next wife, bought her a ring at Zales or Michael's. And I think that would be, not Michael's gift shop, but... Like it, Costco. Yeah, like a Costco ring. And then all of a sudden it would be cool. Like, people would be like, fuck, if Brad Pitt did it, I can do it for my wife, you know? I agree. It, it would change my thinking. Um... Okay, so we've gotten really far <laughs> off topic. Uh, you folks, this is episode 16. This is the season finale of Dallas. Wow. It's called South Fork Goes South because they are visiting the place where the the, the the popular 80s show Dallas filmed. Now, this is not true. It didn't even film in there, did it? Like, did it film in yeah, there? They okay. just used the exterior. But they just used the exteriors because I think you would have to like have all this room for lighting and stuff. Uh-oh. In the 80s? Uh, I think they did film some there, or maybe they, so you're going to have to look that up. I'll look that up. Um, just to let you know all the magic we've had throughout the season, uh, Cameron, who loves the color pink, her big plot line was that her and Court were trying to get a new house, um, and her dog, which we've talked to the dog trainer earlier in this episode, mm-hmm. uh, so it's been a Dallas-packed episode, her dog, Louie, uh, died, might have been left... I mean, we, if you listen to the Patreon, we put through a rumor that we know allegedly might not be a rumor that allegedly Cameron's dog was left in the car by her husband, allegedly, and that's how he died. And it wasn't an accident, Louie. So she, it it was an accident. No, I don't know. No, I wasn't like he left it in there to kill the dog. (laughs) It's just that he accidentally, because she was out of town when it happened, right? She was at New York Fashion Week. And I knew the dog was dead for weeks, and I waited for her to post. And then she finally posted. Oh, are so you I shitting me? What I heard wait, 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 wait. No. You knew the dog was dead for weeks? She waited weeks to tell people? Yes, because it was while she was in New York. And I knew that Louie had passed away. And I was like, all right, I, I don't follow her. So I was checking her Instagram all the time. And it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't. And then when it finally popped up, I was like, well, obviously what I heard was true because I didn't. He didn't just coincidentally die at the same time I'm looking for a death announcement. I'm not clairvoyant. In her um. <laughs> in her Instagram, did she go, hey, weeks ago this happened? Or was she like, today, Louis no. has passed away. She overkilled like she did this whole season. Like, uh, he forgot his medication. Court forgot in court. But she keeps alluding that court feels bad because court was in charge. And I was like, well, I mean, and poor court, like I told you allegedly was distraught um, for doing this, but he apparently looked distraught at a public place. So that's how I found out. Oh my God. My ex, you know, we, I share a dog with my ex and even my dad. I remember one time we went uh, on a vacation and left my dog with my parents. It was new year's Eve and my dog, like for some reason, like my, 
dad, dad was like locking up the front door and opened it to close it. And my dog darted out because she was hearing fireworks. And my dad in his underwear was like running down the street because all he could imagine was my ex killing him. You know, because if my dog, if our dog got hurt, like that would be the end of my dad. Like it would just, you know, if I, if I hurt our dog, if my dad or my, my ex would kill whoever did that, like literally kill. Yeah. I mean, I understand because I think my mom would kill my dad. Yeah, I guess. Well, I think I would want to die too if I killed my dog accidentally. I would want to die. Like I would not, and no offense if there's a lot of dog killers listening or, you know, I don't want (laughs) to. No, I mean, I, who knows? I mean, you never know. You know, I'm not, I'm just saying that I, it would be really hard for me to disassociate. Actually, that's not true. I've been able to disassociate pretty well with other things. So I don't know. I don't Mm -hmm. know. You've been watching a lot of Mason Disick. Hey, Mason, shout out to Mason Disick, my main TikTok man. Um, Okay, so Tiffany, we have a new character, Tiffany Moon. She's Asian American and she's just amazing. She really is. She is a anesthesiologist. She has two kids. She busts her ass. uh, And I thought she had one of the the two real storylines of the season where, you know, she didn't think her mom potentially loved her as much or wanted a, a better relationship with her mother. And she wanted to work less time at her job, go down to four days instead of five days. And she was honestly super scared about this. But unfortunately, that was all overshadowed by having to teach Brandy what an Asian American is, you know? Uh, yes. And um, she really tried to push the tiger mom, um, which we call it, that her mom was a tiger mom and how, how hard her mom worked and how hard she pushed her for excellence. And her mom must have gotten some sort of reality TV packet because all we see on the show is her mom being like sweet and kind and being like, Tiffany, what are you talking about? Completely gaslighting Tiffany. Um, like what? I do love you. And (laughs) Tiffany portrayed her as this like tough tiger mom. And her mom was like, what? (laughs) Action. I love you, Tiffany. (laughs) Yeah. And then when the camera's off, like, why did you make me do that? You ungrateful little daughter. (laughs) Um, you know, but it's funny, like Tiffany, I mean, Tiffany kind of was all of us watching this season. I think she was kind of like, holy shit, what am I around? What have I surrounded myself with? So a lot of the times you just saw an amazement because also here's a person admitting that they've not had really strong female friendships their entire life because they've been studying to have a good life. And it's really funny because she, you can see she really wants to have strong female relationships. And it's unfortunate that she has this crew to pick from because I kind of feel like Tiffany in this moment is a little above them in a lot of ways. I think the biggest, the biggest thing wrong with Tiffany is that she wants to be on this show. Yes. And she's not above them because of education. It's just intellect. Like you can tell, you can just tell that she is, you know, above them uh, intellectually. And it's, it's, it's a stretch. Cause you're like, is this going to look natural that she would be friends with these people in real life? And she tries and she she makes a good run for it. So yeah, I, I I really was impressed with Tiffany though, and not in a PC like oh she taught me how to love again. Like you know no, I just <laughs> thought she was a great character. And what I like about her is that you can sense she has real craziness in there too potentially. And we kind of yeah. didn't get to see a lot of that. Like the fact that she was freaking out to go to five days to four days to me is like ooh that's weird. Let's get into you know I love when they their weird little intricacies shine through and I feel like she was so busy holding Brandy's hand sometimes and the other cast members 
members that we didn't get to see her weirdness. And that's what I want to kind of normalize as she goes into other seasons if she does, is that, yo, she might piss me off next season. She might do something so horrible. Like, give them room to be housewives. Give them room to not just teach people, but to be their own weird fucking selves, you know? Yeah, I'm really worried if she's going to come back because the... Word on the street is that she's on the fence. She hasn't signed. Yeah, but and, don't you think they all um, do that? Like, like it's like sports people at this point. Like, um, you no, know, like, I don't know I if I'm going to sign with the Rams. They were saying that it was just uh, Deandra and Ca- Cameron that were definites. And everyone else was up in the air. And they were trying to convince Tiffany and looking for new um, new talent. Well, I feel uh, kind of like Leah, where she had such a great first season Mm -hmm. that it really is kind of her decision. And I think some of the other ladies at this point must recognize her popularity and kind of be like, you've given the show a potential new lease on life. But I was I was hearkening back to the first couple of episodes when Tiffany was getting into it with Carrie on Twitter. And and Carrie, Carrie was like, I mean, Carrie is just two tacos short of a combination plate always. She thought she was being funny. And <laughs> Tiffany immediately no. Tiffany immediately donated to a charity and said, you know, I, I don't want one of your jewelries, but I'll donate the money that this costs to uh, right. your favorite charity. And like really just, you know, Tiffany was just really good at the comebacks to the point where Carrie, I just must have been dizzy. Because uh, Carrie... It that, was. It was pathetic. Carrie Brittingham, you guys, I am not a fan of... She was fine last season, and I uh, was really sympathetic towards how Leanne Locken treated her. I thought that was disgusting. But now this mm-hmm. season without Leanne, I think some of her true qualities are starting to shine through, and I don't like them. And you could have the argument that it is a tough year. Obviously, she's going through something with her marriage, even though that's not talked about this season. It's hinted at. But we also, in the supposedly in the reunion, we get to that. You know? Oh, she lives in a condo in Highland Park. She's been out of the house. It's all around town. Oh, that's the Dallas inside information and that, that we and need, that's folks. Me drinking on a Monday. So uh, I knew that. A couple, I got told that like a month ago. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she just. And you guys, just so, so you know, she just takes it too far all the time. She's the person that always wants to get everybody to do tequila shots. And then when she gets super wasted, she has no idea what's funny anymore. So she ends up pouring buckets of salsa yeah. on beds that aren't hers. And then you're like, what are you talking about? It's They went on a trip to Oklahoma, you guys, and somebody let out a fart bomb as a joke. And so Carrie retaliated by pouring literally a bucket of red salsa on a bed that was an Airbnb bed that Airbnb, soaked yeah. through the mattress. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what? It's fine. Come on. And it was so weird. And, you know, it's so weird. And she habitually does that throughout the season. First of all, don't forget, she threw Tiffany in a pool who can't swim. Um, And not only that, because I think it is. um, I think you do forget that, you know, some adults can't swim. And but the the difference was when they told her, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I just, you know, like you should have said, like, she just doubles down when she does like say, hey, I'm sorry. I had no idea you couldn't swim. I'm mortified. And instead she's like, I was just trying to have fun. Like, sh- Oh my God. You can't just, she's doubling. She's Hannah burner burning, whatever, well, burning herself to the stake. Speaking of that, I think I said this on my podcast or some podcast the other day, but they're doing all of these spinoffs of Bravo shows. They need to do Bravo bad girls club and have yes. Carrie, Hannah, 
Um, I'm trying to think Ramona. of Ramona, uh, Monique potentially like have all yeah, the people. Ramona. Yeah. Ramona. And like, just like bad girls club it, you know, put them in a house for seven days and see what happens. You know, uh, maybe one of the new Atlanta ladies like, um, Toya. Ooh, Toya would be good. Um, or, and maybe Dorinda, but only if she drinks. Oh man. Dorinda. Yes, yeah, Dorinda. You know, there's like insane, and then there's just like dark. That was just such a dark energy. Like, woo. Yeah, it it really is. Uh, and I, I would watch her social media this next couple of days because New York is premiering tomorrow. Oh, yeah. So I am kind of wondering about where her head's at. You know, it's it's probably going to be like going off about Giovanni. Um, or like Jill Zarin. <laughs> that was incredible. So, or, you know, like me and Hannah are just living our best life or I don't know. These housewives Her also give me the creeps. Scorned Bravo celebrities love to band together. Like they mm-hmm. love, and I really, I really want to also warn new Bravo celebrities. like be careful. Like, you know, if you're a new Bravo celebrity, you know you're going to get a call from, um, uh, right. what's her name, from OC? Tamara? Uh, no, 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 Sean and, uh, no, 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 uh, the, Sean. the, the, the les- lesbian, the, the one that came out this season. Bronwyn. Bronwyn, yeah. If you're a new Bravo celebrity, you know you're going to be getting reach out from Bronwyn. Bronwyn tries to get Bravo celebrities while they're young, and then she'll be like, I'll fly to you. And she always ends up flying to where they're at, and then she really? gets posts a pic. You've never noticed that? Well, I don't watch OC because of Kelly Dodd. <laughs> she became she it. became friends with like Heather Gay before the season even started. I feel like... and really? it, it, Politically, that's amazing. Politically, that is a very interesting way to go because then these Bravo celebrities like, Oh, she's amazing. Why does everybody hate her? You know, it's, it's very interesting. I'm still into Heather gay. I love it. I love Heather gay. I love, yeah, she's Uh, awesome. My, my tennis, my tennis instructor does like work with Meredith and, um, what's his name? Meredith and her husband. And I, I can't believe that Brooks made such a comeback Everyone, he was great for an episode that everyone hated him. And then now he has such a redemption because of the Jen Shaw fallout. Everybody wants a Brooks Marks uh, tracksuit. I think he made a miraculous uh, recovery in the people's eye. Really? Well, I think, yeah, well, I but see, the only reason that happened, though, I think is because Salt Lake is no longer on the air. No, it's because of Jen Shaw, and everybody was like, Brooks was right for always ragging on her and hating on her. So ever since Jen Shaw, like, he has a TikTok, and people are like, the king! (laughs) Wait, you know what? There's something insanely, let me say, I don't know, I'm trying to choose my words carefully, sad that you're like everybody on TikTok. Well, you think it's sad, but um, (laughs) TikTok is faster than Twitter, so when, when... when J-Lo and Ben get together, I know before anyone else. Because when you're on TikTok, it's the fastest news of anything. But I like that you explain TikTok then, as like like it's like a group of 10 of us. Like everybody on TikTok loves Brooks. Yeah. And then people are like, send me an Instagram reel. And they're like, oh my God, breaking news. And I'm like, what are things I saw a fucking week ago? You wow. old ass people. Oh my God. I'm sorry. Like, you're so v- savage. Like, 
when when people rag on me for getting on TikTok, it really is great. Like it it is fast. It's it makes Instagram look like Facebook. You know, it, it's just it's slow. You gotta adapt. You gotta adapt. <laughs> I will never go on t- TikTok. Is my Bridgerton? Fuck that. I will never you, go on TikTok. I will never watch Bridgerton. Bridgerton. I'll never watch Emily in Paris. Not everything is my Bridgerton. What do you mean? First of all, I've watched all of that because I quarantined for six months in Oklahoma. So I've seen everything. So I'm not going to lie. I, I feel like you're a card carrying woman. You're like somehow convinced to watch Bridgerton and Emily in Paris. And that kind of shit mm-hmm. needs to stop. I feel like women should feel free to not watch Bridgerton or Emily in Paris. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like they should feel pressured by society to watch shows like that with Jean Valjean, Jean Val Reggie John, and, you know, with the shirt off and stuff. Well, the problem with Emily in Paris was it, it was so stupid, but it came out in, <laughs> it came out in early quarantine. And if you literally could not take covid coverage and you were really scared for your life it was the best escape. Yeah. it was so stupid she was wearing stilettos on cobblestone streets they never showed her taking the metro which is completely uncharacteristic like her life in paris made no fucking sense no sense but you just wait loved kate whose life stupid. in paris does make sense to be fair i'm joking um mine i love paris i would move to paris in the second i've it's never my, have, have you been Yes, I w- I was there January of 2020 where I think I may have caught COVID. <laughs> you caught COVID in Paris? Are you the one that brought it over here? Je ne sais pas. I don't know. Um, I was Good in night. Paris. Uh, in, uh, <laughs> I was at the Louvre. I was at Versailles. I basically... Who were those guys? Accidentally... Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. I like... I ran into so many people. Like I was in contact with so many tourists from around the world in January, 2020. And then I've had a strange medical issue since March of 2020 that I can't get to the bottom of. And wait, what, what is this? What is the same? Wait, you still haven't gotten to the bottom of it? Yeah, still. Wait, but what are the long lasting effects? Like what, what are you trying to get to the bottom to still? Um, I have had a, sore and like red inflamed blue sometimes purple a uh, big toe for since march of 2020 an inflamed big toe mm-hmm. may we get a peek at that for the patreon no i'm joking um uh, <clears throat> do people want to kill themselves you will lose all your listeners if i start sending pictures of my toe but it's just like we can't figure it out. If anyone wants to Google COVID toe, it's like some. Sort- Wait, what no, if we I'm Google? What if we Google COVID toe and you, and it's your face? <laughs> oh my god, I do have a thumb face. No, I, I didn't. Like mean, I, I didn't. I know I didn't mean your face looks like a thumb. I just meant that would be funny <laughs> if you're the person that is behind COVID toe. I would love to be the spokesman. I would Lisa Rinna d- uh, diaper depends. I would do any commercial and show my busted ass toe for a check. Well, by the way, I, you know, we've talked, I think we've talked about this, about like people that make their money selling feet picks. You know, you could, there uh, might be a market for COVID toe picks. But I like, I have surgery scars and burn scars like on my feet. So they're ugly. Oh my God. I'm just picturing some guy really into feet going, yeah. no, your feet are beautiful, Kate. Let me see He's your like, scars. Let me see your scars. Yeah. 
He's like, oh, you accidentally left an ice pack on your ankle too long and gave yourself a second degree burn. You're an idiot. Can I see it again? May I smell that Stuff ice like pack? That. Um, oh, no. Ryan. I, didn't see, so I, I was doing the track. character. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So- Guys, go take a potty break. We've got an hour left of this podcast. I'm not going to wait, but just pause it. Go to the bathroom, drink some water, you know, check your messages. Uh, and then we'll come back to the pod. Okay, we're back. Okay, folks, we are back, and uh, we're back and better than ever. Um, so Real Housewives of Dallas, we are finally going to do, we're going to finally do this. Um, last week, you guys, we're gonna do this. they did a murder mystery party, and, you know, murder mystery parties are like escape rooms. Like, it's fun once, and then it's painful to watch after that. Um, yeah. And this was like that, because they're all dressed up in costumes, like 80s costumes, and they have names. And it's like, there's like a murder mystery company that's like there. And to me, as an actor, it just reminds me of like the life that I possibly, you know, like in a in a multiverse, I probably work for a murder mystery party right. company. Like, I'm just like so thankful that that's not me. Ooh, that's dark, Dorinda. Thank you. Um, so, so, guys, <laughs> the, the show starts off. I shit you not, and this brings up another thing that will be pro- talked about at the reunion. Brandy Redman falls down the stairs because she is the one that gets murdered at this murder mystery party. And when I say she falls, she fucking throws herself down the, like, a really thing, a stairs where I'm like, damn. And they, like, even go back and show it. And somebody on Instagram, God bless Instagram, showed that her 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 little top little uh, came up a little bit and shows her pregnant belly. Like she didn't realize supposedly that she was 14 weeks pregnant at this time. And uh, we find that out in the after script at the end of today's episode. But like you guys, she was throwing herself down those stairs. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, she was I, I was like, it is not. I was at a murder mystery party. Nobody was throwing themselves down the stairs, let alone somebody that doesn't work for the company, you know? I mean, it gave me Gone with the Wind theatrics. Like, she went down. And we've seen Brandy drinking for, like, the past five episodes. I'm right. not saying heavy, but I'm not saying not heavy. Like, I'm I'm like, <laughs> I mean, she's, they all, they even make a point of saying it, usually at these, like, functions, that her and Carrie are the two people that shut it down every night. Yeah, they, they stay up all night. And the... I don't want to say there's anything wrong with that. It's just, I, we all know those friends that like have, you know, they have husbands and kids and when they get away for just a, even for a night and they just go, it goes insane. Deep, yeah. They go insane. You're just like, okay, you guys, like it's not that serious. It's not Coachella or whatever. Like it's just an Airbnb in Oklahoma. I've had Pull people I've had people that don't have kids hang out with people that have kids and mm-hmm. like they have the night off and my friends that don't have kids literally get scared. They're like we're going to have to go hard tonight. She's going to go she's want to go hard, you know? Like they get yeah. scared of hanging out with people because they you know they want to cut loose to the extreme. I have a friend that I love more than anything, but when we invite her over, we already know she's not going to want to leave. She is going to go late into the night because she's going to just like milk it for as long as she can. Like being with us, like away from the kids, like they're in bed and we're like, all right, it's going to be a long night. So-and-so is coming over. Isn't it? I mean, it is. There is something to be said as you get older that you kind of, 
you know, you wish you had this confidence in your teens and 20s where, you know, nowadays I feel like once I get back into society with friends, you know, I started to be like, yeah, I'm bored. I'm going to go home. Like, I don't. Yeah, I'm uh, good luck. Yeah. Like, I mean, like you, you know what you want a lot more and you're like, I want sleep. Yeah. Yeah, I Irish exit a lot, or I used to. Oh, I love an Irish exit. I Just don't have leave. the balls to Irish exit because I'm always scared of the texts you get afterwards. Like, did you leave, bro? Yeah, and I'm like, uh-huh. See, I don't, yeah. yeah. I'm like, no, I'm so sorry. Nobody loves me. Okay, so everybody. Well, I'm not going to leave a dinner party of five, but I'll leave like a crowded party. Did you leave my dad's funeral, Kate? <laughs> Kate, you uh, didn't even Touché. say hi. Yeah. Um, so everybody, I also want to point out the murder mystery party in Dallas are acting horribly. They're like, oh, no, this lady, 80s Vanessa, fell down the stairs. She's dead. I pronounce her dead. All that kind of bullshit. It's like very chilly singing happy birthday to you. Kind of like, you know. But that's a disrespectful thing to say about chilies. I love chilies. I'm but, not. Um, no, no, no. Nothing wrong with any chilies. worse than like. I didn't think they were any worse than like the summer house murder mystery last season or the one in the, didn't they do one oh, in the Ber- Berserkshires? Kate, they're I'm all not, terrible. Kate, yeah, I'm not saying that those are amazing. I'm saying they're all across the board bad. Like I, I would be okay, scared. I'm not going to let you rag on my city's bad actors. I would be scared if I was like, wow, this looks like a lot of fun. Like I would be scared if I was like, <laughs> I've got to write this down. Murder mystery party. Um, so Stephanie says when Brandy falls, she goes, that's the Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. That's, you know, and I'm like, and pregnant. Um, yeah. <laughs> so now comes to the point nah, where yeah. they have to determine who is the guilty person who murdered Brandy They They have to figure out. Um, and Brandy, for some reason, she falls on the floor and then proceeds to like, she doesn't move. She lays there for what seems like hours while this all gets figured out. And to me, I was like, what? I mean, do, I mean, she's laying face down. Like, it just, it just didn't make sense to me of like, do you have to really keep laying down the whole time? Acting like you're dead? I mean, she did have like a good drink with her. I mean, I would pretend to be dead if I had like that pina colada or whatever. I just feel like it took him a long time to figure it out. So I just feel like you'd fall asleep or something. Um Carrie is wandering yeah. around and Carrie has no idea what's going on per usual. She's just like, Oh, mm-hmm. somebody's dead tequila, you know? And, um, she really does not seem to know. I mean, I honestly does not seem to know what's happening. Deandra says, no one will figure this out except for Tiffany. Uh, because Tiffany is like the only smart one. Deandra saying, right. And Carrie goes, Brandy, who killed you? And she goes, I don't know. I'm dead. Um, Tiffany thinks it's Deandra. So like we finally get like to the living room. Tiffany goes, I think it's Deandra and Deandra pulls a gun. And I got to tell you, she's a better actor than the actors in the murder mystery party. Deandra pulls this off. I mean, pulls it off to the point where I was embarrassed for Deandra. I was like, girl, don't go this hard. Like you're not, I mean, Deandra was doing that kind of meta thing where I was like, she's acting like she's in Dallas and she's pulling it off, but she's in a reality show. So it's inception, but it's, you know what? There was, there was levels to her performance. 
the acting coach in you never sleeps. I, you know, it's a part of me. It's in the DNA. And I, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of notes, but I did. No, she sold it. She sold it. That's all I'm saying. And if there's an Emmy that I would expect her to be up for it. Um, I'll take Deander to have an EGOT before I let David Foster. I would love it. I'm going to piss on David Foster's grave. No, sorry. Um, (laughs) Okay, so this is weird. Uh, there's like a dead person in the pool, you know, because there's like sound effects and De- like Deandra shoots somebody, they fall in the pool. And then Carrie um, pushes Deandra in the pool. Like Deandra's right. fully clothed, folks. This isn't a part of it. Carrie's like, oh, ha And just this is exactly who Carrie's been all season. She thinks it's funny and it's not funny at all. So she thinks she's like Carrot Top and like... Um, and and she's just annoying. I mean, Carrot Top's annoying too, but you know what I'm saying? My favorite part was the, um, this, the thing that Deandra said when she got out of the pool, which was very relatable was when she went over what her outfit was worth and what could have been ruined. And I really felt that. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you, she said, this is my Oscar belt when he was alive. And I was like, (laughs) Oh my God. Like, if I had Oscar de la Renta belts, like... Oh, my God. I thought she was talking Oscar about Oscar the Grouch. Okay, right. Oscar de la Renta belts. <laughs> but, like, I'm a fat... I, I know you don't know this, but between softball games, I love fashion. And I was like, oh, my God. How dare Carrie? Like, if she ruined my Oscar, like, de la uh, Renta. belt, I would, I would kill her. Yeah, so she ruined her belt and her. her shoes. And she's a, a Maxinista. So, like, that was, that was crazy expensive. <laughs> Carrie says, I'm not, I know I'm not supposed to push people in the pool, but we are acting. And that's her excuse for this. And by the way, you guys, you're like, oh, you know, one push in the pool is fine. She's done this multiple times this season. She pushed Tiffany in the pool and Tiffany can't swim. You guys, Tiffany could have died. Like, <laughs> she's literally like a kid acting out in high school because their parents are fighting. Like, it's just like, okay, what is going on? It's just acting out and acting out. Except she's fucking 50 and it's getting old. Yeah. It really... <laughs> you hear that, Carrie? Um, yeah, you hear that, Carrie? I don't care that you're fucking 50. If um, you can hear me from your town home in Highland Park or wherever, Eduardo. By the way, Eduardo's back on the market. Couldn't be happier. That's Carrie's husband, you guys. Uh, Brandy and Carrie <laughs> are now... like So now it's like party time. Murder mystery's over. Brandy and Carrie are hammered and they're jumping in bed with the other girls like a, like idiots. Carrie's farting in the bed. Like everything oh. like horrible like Carrie seems to represent. She's like somebody that would like pick her nose and eat it. Like Carrie seems like that person that is like, what? It's fun to eat your boogers, you know? I hate bathroom humor. And, and there's been a lot of that on this show from Brandy. My podcast? Stephanie. Yeah. Like, oh, the uh, Dallas. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you guys, there's rooms set up because it's an exhibit house of JR, the character from the 80s show Dallas, and it's his room where he got shot. And they have it like in this kind of like plexiglass enclosed glass. And th- these two mm-hmm. dipshits, Brandy and Carrie, are hanging out, thinking they're being fun and egging each other on. And Brandy squeezes through like the smallest crack in this plexiglass which once again i really feel like she's hurting the baby that she doesn't know she's have just just clock it she's thrown herself down a flight of stairs 
She's drank heavily tonight, and now she's squeezing her body through a glass-enclosed thing. So she gets in there and somehow makes it in, and she's like, I'll fall asleep in this bed. And then she's like, Carrie, come join me. And so Carrie picks up, like, a hobby horse and, like, stands on it to balance and then loses balance, of course, breaks the Mm -hmm. plexiglass, falls backwards, breaks the whole thing. And then Carrie's like, I just peed my pants. She's just an idiot. She's an idiot. The, the destruction of someone else's private property. Again, I, I just don't, I'm all about having fun and I don't care. I don't care if you are on mushrooms or whatever you want to do and put in your body. But once you start damaging other people's property, you're like, it's just annoying. It's just, it's too much. I don't know. I, I didn't think, I, am I like uptight? I'm just like, not, not cool. Like, wait, can I tell I you? I never invite that person. Wait, oh, what? Breaking wait, news. breaking news. I'm getting a text from uh, two of my friends, the Solomon sisters, who I'm on their podcast called Tongue and and Cheek or Chic, C-H-I-C. Really, really cool sisters. But they just texted me and they're out to eat. And Avery and uh, Mario are eating across Mm -hmm. from them. And it's Avery's birthday. Avery, of course, you guys, is Ramona and Mario's daughter from Real Housewives of New York. And I asked them to get me a picture because I'm an asshole and they've literally sent right. me like 10 pictures of Mario and Avery eating and Avery? like Avery and by the way, Avery and it's, it's conspicuous. Like they don't know it's happening, but it it's, it is, I, I just, I, I don't know. That makes me laugh so much. It just does. Notorious asshole child, Avery. Ever. Happy birthday, Avery. Happy. Yes. By the way, did ah. you see that video online of her telling her mom no. to be quiet? Because she was filming no. like a Instagram live, and she's like, "Mom, close the door. I hear you listening to me." Like she, she's very much like her mother, but just she might be like harder, you know? Yeah, I've heard from New York people that she's fucking terrible. <laughs> like, like I, I had a friend that worked in a jewelry store, and like anytime you hear like they're like Ramona's the worst, Avery's fucking wor- like even worse than Ramona. I like the or, further- I don't know someone. Someone write in, prove me wrong, word on the street. Um, yeah, so, I'm the new word on the street. No, yeah, somebody kidding. somebody write in, folks. Somebody send, somebody write a postcard in and, and see. And be nope. like, Avery's an amazing woman. I like the old, like the further we get into this podcast, the ornery, 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 ornery you get? Ornery? How do you say that word? Ornery? 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 I mean, I don't know, because, like, I have, like, I've been drinking, so my accent, my southern accent gets worse, and I don't want to embarrass myself. Because, like, I think, <laughs> I would say onrier, but onrier, but you're, okay, I think it okay. is you're, you, you should throw that out, you you know, two months ago, you should have thrown that, you, you embarrassed yourself. We started this journey oh, well, 12 weeks the, ago. Okay, that's on the page. That's on the Patreon. Now I'm really in deep shit. Yeah, okay? now because you're, I've been, you're I've been about to hear the wrath. The veil. A veil of secrecy. hiding behind the veil. Um, uh, by the way, someone saw me post something in yours and they go, do you know him? And I was like, I mean, I, I kind of, I, I'm sometimes on the podcast. She was like, what? Yeah. And like, it was just someone that follows you that just didn't ever make the connection on my Instagram. And I was like, I don't feel like I hide it. I feel like I'm always posting, <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like I repost you all the time and, and try to stop short of creepy of someone I've never fucking met. Um, but, you know, 
I'm I'm hoping for that big Buka de Beppo. Buka de Beppo, yeah. And, but and I'm gonna do my te- I'm gonna be my do my Texas trip too. Make my way through the. Uh, I mean, I I should buy a cowboy hat and boots. Yeah, we're gonna go to South Fork, and we're then um, we're gonna go to the really white trash wineries that were on the show this year. I want to meet Mama D. I could make that happen. Really. Yeah. I would love her to say, like, Ryan, I don't give a rip if you meet me or not. Oh, my God. Do you think the S stands for stupid when she said that to Deandra? Oh, my God. Uh, oh, Ryan. No, it's Simmons, oh, man. I noticed no, you, it's Simmons, ma'am. I noticed you got a big S on your forehead, and that does stand for shit. Now, get out of my way, Chunky. <laughs> um, okay, so Brandy goes, oh, my God, we are so drunk. Um, Brandy realizes she's in the kitchen and she sees cameras everywhere and realizes there were cameras filming her. She's like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she's all of a sudden like super apologetic. She's like, South Fork is a landmark and it means so much to so many fans and they're going to hate us. And I mean, is that, is that, I know Dallas was a popular show in the eighties, but like, is she, is, I mean, you live in Texas. Is this, is this yeah. sacred land, land? Is this like pet cemetery? What is this? Uh, half the people that love Dallas are dead. <laughs> half the people that love like, Dallas are dead, Ryan. Half the people that love Dallas are already dead, Ryan. They're dead um, or dying. Sorry, my accent's going to be really bad before this. I was watching the new Australian drag race. So like I have like an Australian um, twang. <laughs> Sorry. If anybody's watching the new drag race from Australia, that's immediately what I was watching right before I came to do this podcast. Um is it good? Oh yeah. I think it's just like how the UK, like the characters, they're just so funny. I think sometimes um the America version, like some of the most beautiful queens aren't really the ones that have the best personality. You know, they're just they photograph well. They're fashion queens. I mean, you got some great personalities, but um, I mean, I'm partial to some of the Texas queens from RuPaul's Drag Race, like Shangela and Alyssa Edwards, Kennedy. Um, but like the UK was so fucking good, and I'm only one episode in. Uh, it's Australian and New Zealand. You know what? The, the, the drag racing is their fans are so passionate. And I feel yeah. like it's a little like Law and Order, where I'm, I'm like, I, I'm too late. Like I can't catch up. Uh, you know, there, I, I've already. It's like the Marvel universe. There's so many superheroes now, and I feel like the same way with drag stars. There's so I see all my friends posting about like their favorite drag stars, and I'm just like, there's like seems to be 800 billion of them. You know, who was on your podcast the other day? I was listening to, and they were like, I just watched all the Marvel, Marvel movies. Oh, uh, and continue on. Lex, like, Lex Nico, Lex Nico. I was like, holy shit, that is a hell of a, like, undertaking. You know, that's like, that's like someone being like, you know, I'm going to dab my toe into the Disney world. Like, you don't, that, that, is, or, or Star Wars, that, that is quite a feat. Or even potentially so like, could, like Judaism, you know, like, I'm going to get into, no, I'm, jo- I'm joking. Oh, by the way, I had someone text me Mazel Tov yesterday and my dad said he'd never heard those words before. He was like, what does that mean? And we were in the car and we Wait, were like... Are you like, joking? Your dad's a no, doctor. No. What? No, I know. We are like, Dad, Mazel Tov. My mom starts yelling. He was like, you know what Mazel Tov means? And we're arguing. He's like, no, I've never heard it. And my mom's like, um, you watch um, um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. We've heard it before. 
Like you're wait, you're that's not even a buzzword, Kate Mazeltov. Like that's a word that's I know, gonna, but like there's no mom, way like, your dad's teasing like, you guys. No, to be fair, Ryan, I never met a Jewish person until I moved out of the state. I like I never met a Jewish person in college, to my knowledge. Wow, met, you know, just it wasn't until I moved to Texas, and that is obsessed. wild. And by the way, my my, I don't know what it is about dads, but dads yeah. love Marvelous Miss Maisel. My dad, that oh, is one of the yeah. only shows he has binged. He watched all of the first yeah. season in like two days, and he goes, "You hear about this show, Maisel?" I was up all night watching it. And I, I mean, for my dad to do that is like, cause my dad watches a handful of things. He watches big bang theory, the office and young Sheldon, like anything oh. in the big bang universe he watches. Like it's, yeah. I don't know what these shows put in the fucking show. It's like catnip to no, older it's, parents. It's catnip to boomers. So my parents eat early. As I told you, I spent six months there in quarantine. My parents ate early and they were watching Mar, uh, Modern Family. Well, they eventually ran out of Modern Family, yeah. and it fucking went to Big Bang Theory. And I was like, oh, my God. I had to start wearing earbuds to do the dishes because my dad would just crack up at young uh, at Sheldon. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I can't. It was just. And then, yeah, then they started, you know, all the old people love watching um, Outlander, which is very uncomfortable. Yeah, for me because it's very sexual, and I'm just like, I don't want to know when you guys are watching Outlander. <laughs> That's our special. Like time. It's so Wait, fun. why are mom, dad? Why are candles lit? It's Outlander night. Um, <laughs> it's Outlander night. Ugh. My dad will do that thing with Big Bang Theory where he'll turn it on and he'll be like, "Ooh, this is a good one," and I'll be like, "No, <laughs> no, no." no, no. Um, the other thing I I get obsessed because you mentioned early dinner. My mom yeah. is obsessed with telling me. She'll be like, you know what we do? We have a big pork chop, but we'll split it right down the middle. And then that you can save for the next day for lunch. She's fixated on telling me how she'll save meals for the next day from the meal they made the night before. And I'm like, yeah, it's leftovers. She'll be like, these the, the Costco pork chops are just amazing. They're so big that you don't even need to eat a whole one. You can split it and that's good for the next day. Like, I just love she's always trying to train me to be a better person or to be like, right. she like she in her head, she's like. Ryan's going to get into buying pork chops and cooking them soon someday. And he'll know to save this for the next day. You know, I mean, um, I like to do the thing where I eat like the meal at six, I eat half the meal at six. And then I just eat the other half at eight. I I don't make it to the next day ever, but, um, it's wishful thinking Becky, but it's not happening. Not for me either. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, I love that she doesn't give up on me. She's always giving me advice, right. <laughs> you know? Um, so, uh, okay. So back. Where are we? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, um, we are at. So Demi Lovato went to a yogurt shop. I'm just kidding. Um, okay. So the Brandy is like, oh no, South Fork is like a le- landmark. No, no, no. <laughs> and Brandy goes, we were really, really drunk. And Brandy explains to the girls that she squeezed through the little clack and, you know, Carrie was standing on the rocket horse and, uh, you know, and she's like, well, why didn't you end up sleeping in there? And she's like, there's blood in there. That's gross. Cause they have fake blood in there. Um, mm-hmm. they're all giggling. Carrie says, you know, we need to call them and say, we feel horrible. 
Um, and she goes down and asks for Jana, the organizer, and Jana's not there, so they have to call her. Uh, Deandra comes into Cameron's room at this point, locks the door, and Deandra's like, I cannot believe she pushed me in the pool. And Cameron's like, yeah, girl, I know, girl. Girl, I know. I'm, girl, that was horrible, girl. And she, <laughs> she mentions the Louis Vuitton shoes, the belt. Carrie has no respect for other people's property, they say. Um, Deandra says... Carrie has screwed up another time, and this time it is a historical landmark. And I, I once again, Deandra now has hopped on the bandwagon that this is a historical landmark. Like, so TV shows are historical landmarks now. I mean, I guess. I mean, I guess it was a worldwide sensation at the time. Like, I'll give them that. I think they talked about it on... The only reason I know about it is from that VH1 show, um, I Love the 80s. You know, remember when they would do that? Yeah. Yeah. And they would talk about what a phenomenon who shot JR was. But, I mean, times are changing. No, no one gives a shit. No, no, true. Um, times are changing, Kate. And uh, so, <laughs> D- you know, Deandra says, you know, Brandy and Brian are going to have to write a big check to this place because of the property they broke. Brian, you guys, is Brandy's husband that potentially cheated on her in a video that came out on Instagram uh, a couple months ago. So I think that question is going to be asked at the reunion. Um, Mm -hmm. New scene, Brandy calls Jana, the house organizer, and goes, and she's like, how have you been, Brandy? And she goes, I've been better. And Jana goes, oh, no. And she's like, you're going to be very disappointed in me. We cracked the plexiglass. And Brandy's full on crying. And I, this is when I wrote, how is this a landmark? Like, I mean, we're, you know, it's not a, it's not like the original buffaloes that roamed the land. This is fucking like a house from Dallas, you know? I, um, for the first time ever, I was kind of on Carrie's like wavelength because she was just like, hi, hi, we broke the plexiglass. We'll we're going to replace it. You know, we're, we're just, we're going to replace it. No big deal. Cause it was, it was brandy. And this infantile, like, I'm so sad. Like, you're going to be so disappointed. Like, it's not your third grade teacher. Like, you fucking weirdo. It, it Just brandy the icks all around. Well, I just feel like it's, it's interesting because I don't love, and I think the reason I don't love it is because it's true, is that, well, I can behave any way I want because money fixes everything. And I think I don't right. like that because, you know, first off, it's true. Money does usually fix everything. Um, but at the same time, it warrants this kind of behavior that is not even potentially that's disgusting most of the time. So Carrie has gone through her life thinking I have money so I can behave any way I want. I can pour salsas on mm-hmm. bed. I can break plexiglasses. It's all about me, Carrie, having a good time. And that bothers me in people, you know? Um, yeah, it bo- it bothers me. I would... I. I would never let those people in my life because they're just destructive to everything around them. And they never learn. Yeah. uh, They really, they really don't ever learn. We, we, you are getting a good spanking from Kate and Ryan next time we see you, Carrie. Oh man. Now you made it weird. Here we go. So now the memes are going to come. The girls are all now eating and at the table and Deandra says, you know, it has been constant, constant, constant trouble with Carrie. She's always pushing shots, throwing people in pools. Deandra has grown to be a better friend, she says, and 
she won't leave uh, situations like she used to, but she does want to deal with it now. She does want to get it off her chest and talk to Carrie. So we're in a new scene, yeah. and it's during the day, and they're like, let's get in our physical jazzercise outfits. She's hoping that she can just shake it all off and have a great day. I do find it sad uh, during these lost COVID seasons, we, we will talk, we will call right. them, because it's fascinating that, like, with Dallas especially, is that these girls have been put through the ringer in terms of they only can film with this cast, and they make them do all these, like, you're dressed up in, like, the 80s now. Now you're in jazzercise uh, outfits. Now you're doing yeah. this. And it's like... If you're hungover, the last thing you want to do is put a like a really bright jazzercise outfit on. I want to do that when I'm sober. Um, <laughs> she's uh, a leotard. I can't think of anything worse. Uh, so they're going to eat first and then change into our workout gear. They're having chicken and waffles. As somebody that's on a diet, that was frustrating. Um, Tiffany right. is wrecked because Carrie and Brandy came in. So Tiffany did not get the REM sleep that she so desperately needs. Um, Eduardo does a FaceTime with Carrie, Carrie's husband at the time. And she's like, he's like, I woke up, I woke up feeling horrible this morning. And she's like, oh no, is it allergies? And Eduardo's like, I, I checked four times. I, I have a temperature. I can't come. She says, well, you know, we have no quality time to, to connect with each other. I was really depending on Eduardo to be here. Um, and she's like, I cannot believe it. I want to cry. Um, Stephanie says, um, you, you know, you never disrespect Stephanie's talking to Brandy now. And Stephanie tells Brandy, you never disrespect property. And Brandy right. goes, to be honest, I didn't. She's like throwing Carrie under the bus. She's like, I made it through. Yeah. I didn't break anything. Carrie comes out in her jazzercise outfit. And Cameron says, girl, do you feel okay that that happened last night? And Stephanie says, we are guests here. And I want to make sure it's not a representation of us. Which is so funny that, like, we, the Real yeah. Housewives of Dallas, are always, we're like superheroes, you know? The expectation was so high. So high. Deandra says, this is a museum. You cannot do this over and over and over again. Once again, I really want to, like, oh, is this really a museum? Like, it's a landmark. It's a museum. Like, what is happening at it's, this place? It's an event space. Okay. Well, that's that's more, that's better than what I don't know. Anyways. Tiffany, uh, Carrie says, last night was an accident, you guys. Tiffany says, why are they being um, so hard on Carrie and not on Brandy? Stephanie says, well, I've done things that are are out of character when I've been trying to escape something in my life. You know, she's making the point that Carrie is trying to cover for something, which I think she's alluding to her marriage, but they don't really fully go into that. Cameron says, girl, we would never say something unless we didn't see a pattern. Tiffany says, sometimes you take it to a different level that has an air of meanness to it, which is really kind of, I, I was like, oh, me too. That's, yeah. what, I, that's what I do as well. Um, no. But she's like, uh, so they bring up salsa. They bring up the salsa incident. They bring up Charles, who was the Bigfoot hunter. And you guys, she told yeah. her, she got wasted with Charles and told him he had a small wiener. And that he was horrible for killing animals, even though Carrie is not a vegetarian. Literally was bizarre. just finished a hot dog. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> Carrie says, I will change my behavior tonight. I don't want to drink. I can fight. I can have fun without alcohol. Um, but there's a flashback of all of her messes and apologies. You know, she's done this a lot. Mm -hmm. Deandra goes, she's a broken record. Uh, Brandy says, don't. <laughs> Brandy says, 
Don't punish yourself. Trust me. I've done that and you can't get out of it. So Brandy's, you know, kind of uh, hearkening back to her spiraling uh, this past year. Stephanie says, you said if we feel something to say it to you. So that's what we're doing. Um, so that scene splits up. Deandra knocks on Carrie's door and Carrie goes, I need some time. And Deandra goes, what? I can't hear you. Um, Deandra goes, I'm worried about you. Let me in. Carrie says, uh, Deandra, you were like this last year. You were behaving this like this last year. And there were flashbacks of Deandra being fucked up at parties. And she says, well, I didn't do this kind of stuff. Uh, I want the best for you, Carrie, because I see so much for in you, which is so, I mean, that's, you know, if you've been fighting with Deandra all season long, you do not want Deandra to take pity on you. It's, you know, it's like, it's kind of funny, right? Yeah. And, and Carrie and Deandra's issues have been all season long. I mean, I heard that they were off camera as well. It's not fake. Um, I don't know why Deandra is having a heartfelt connection to her right here because they've been squabbling the whole entire season. Um, but maybe Deandra knows, you know, the season's wrapping up. She's really trying to push this carry narrative which is very true but i know it sounds it, it feels a little bit like deander trying to be like you know she destroys this is a pattern y'all and like yeah pushing the focus let's um, get her um, let's get her she throws people in poles get a rope remember that old salsa commercial oh my god for like paste picante yeah paste picante sauce like get a rope uh i, I love just old commercials. remember them going new york city new york city get a rope <laughs> that's what that oh was, it, was it that was it they were around a campfire and it'd be like new york city because that's where the salsa is made and then it's like get a yeah. rope paste picante well, i don't remember i don't remember that get a rope that's dark yeah, I, I know it is block kinda, that out. oh my god what if i just completely made that up and i've convinced myself that's a commercial and it doesn't exist i mean that you're going to have to take that to your therapist. because oh, If I made that up, I'm going to hate myself so much, but it's really emblazoned into my memory. Um, so, but Deandra in a talking dad says, I really do want to get to the bottom of this and find out why Carrie is doing this. Carrie just says, I need to process everything. I've had a really tough year and I need to be strong for my kids and, uh, you know, Corona and my jewelry business and Eduardo can't come tonight. And I don't know if it's me being 50 or me rekindling with my mom. Um, and it's me holding on to so much all of these years, which, you know, I, I mean, whether this be true or not, it just, it's like my sympathy for Carrie has dwindled over the season. So this might be true, but it's like, okay, action more than words, but, uh, you know, who knows? And then she goes, sorry for throwing you in the pool. It's not me. It's all the stress. I need to be more aware of it. You know? Right. I love that. She's like, oh, it's not me. It's the stress that pushed you, pushed you into the pool, you know? It's not me. No, it's the oh, pool. It's uh, you're French. It's uh, Emily. See, you want to watch Emily in Paris? I can't um, do accents for shit, and it's so frustrating. No, you can't. Um, by the way, du- Dumois picked up the Ramona, uh, not the Mario and Avery. <gasps> oh my God! I wonder if it's my friends. Yeah, uh, it's stylish. Yeah, Solomon. Uh, Dumois reposted them. That's hysterical. Someone sent it to me and I was like, I already knew from my podcast friend. Thank you. Wait, they sent because they thought you would like a picture of Mario and they were like, look who's out in Boca right now. It's like, I actually already knew. Thank you. I'm feeling pretty uh, cool right now. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I'm I'm, ta- I'm, I'm, wait, I'm, I'm tagged in this, by the way. 
Yeah, I'm tagging them. Woo! Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, so, okay, you guys, uh, we're, we're bringing this home. We're close. We're close. Um, they're getting ready for tonight. Uh, they have chefs there. All the husbands are going to be there. Travis gets there. Stephanie's husband, Brian gets there in a ridiculously big cowboy hat. Court Cameron's husband is there. Daniel is there. Tiffany's husband. The guys are drinking margarita. The ladies are all putting on wigs. Tiffany says, uh, Daniel, we're, we look like we're trying to be white, which was pretty funny. I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tiffany was cute. Her husband looked so cute in a cowboy hat. I don't know why it kind of melted me. Like he seems like such a nice guy. Yeah, he really does. I like I, the other guys just like look like swarmy dicks um, to me. And for some reason, Tiffany's husband seems like sweet. I got to tell you, there are certain like housewife husbands that give you kind of that they're really charming in a non dude way. And I love that about them. You know, uh-huh. like I love Daniel. I love um, like Mauricio to a degree. I know he has cheating mm-hmm. rumors, but he seems like he's like, Oh, like it's all good. He seems friendly to right. all. And Daniel seems like that as well. And Jersey Frank Catania, of course is very charming. Right. Um, well, I think I have like a theory that Frank is gay. That's my theory in my head. Allegedly. Do you have to say allegedly yeah, if it's in your head? Like, yeah, because you know how, like, everyone's always like, why they just seem like they should get back together. And, like, you know, they seem like they have good chemistry and they go everywhere together. In my head, if I tell myself he's gay, their relationship makes sense. Does that make sense? It does. It does make sense. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. And and I kind of love that. In my head, I love a gay Frank Catania, like I would. Lo- oh, dude! Can I mean, imagine? I love a Frank Catania. So a gay Frank right? Catania would be an even better Frank Catania. And like, but I will tell you, but I, but I yeah. will tell you, I I know some females that he slipped into their DMs. So I don't, uh, I don't, I, I mean, but not in a disgusting way. Like, show me uh, your don't boobs. Ruin my dream. Oh, you want it to be disgusting? No, no, my dream is <laughs> gay Frank Catania. I mean, maybe he's like, <laughs> let's welcome both. Maybe he's by Frank Catania. Maybe he's pan, yeah. He's like, no, maybe he's like, I'm trisexual. I'll try anything. <laughs> oh, that is so, like, Jersey uh, a yeah. comment. Yeah, I like uh, that. Good job, Ron. Uh, thank you. So um, they are doing a couple's talking head, Tiffany and Daniel. And she's like, blondes have more fun. I just thought it was cute to see him pop up in a talking head. Yeah. Um, the guys are all having an awkward conversation if they've watched Dallas before. And Travis is like 51. He's like, yeah, it's pretty big. It's a pretty big show. Uh, they're all taking photos and costumes. Deandra pees all over her Spanx. They're drying. They're literally, yeah. you guys, her glam squad has a blow dryer, blow drying her piss Spanx. Good job, Ray. My friend Ray. He's doing a great job. By the way, Ray, if you have access to these piss Spanx, I would love them for my reality show museum. It would be cool if I was well, like, these are the piss Spanx from the season finale. Deandra's piss Spanx. I would, um, I would love them like, encased in a shadow box like above a grand stairwell the way adrian maloof's wedding dress was <laughs> in those early season of beverly hills where it was just like this weird like kind of king tut huge uh i don't know sorry that was just what made me think of could- like how i'd want them displayed i would like her piss spanks in uh encased in glass like the batman suit in the bat cave so like you turn the light on and there's the piss spanks and you hear the Batman music. Da, 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 da. Oh, I, I had a client 
make a make us make a secret trap door in his like library for a bat suit that he bought that when you opened that like smoke came out and all that. And, Holy like, sh! That's my fucking dream, Kate. Are you joking? I know. Do you have pictures of it? And, no. And he, no, I don't. But How do you not also, have pictures um, of that if you did it? That's like iconic. I know, and it was near straight. It was near straight lane, which is like the most expensive street in Dallas. And, um, but he was one of those, you know, like swarmy attorneys, you know, red leather, orange. And like, uh, but the, the, the gag is he was too big to ever put on the bat suit. Like he was the size of the penguin, but he had uh, a bat suit that like he said was custom made, but we were like, dude, you can't get that fucking suit on. But yeah, he had to have like whatever the nitrous, whatever dude i want to see that so bad like that seems like so dope like i would i mean come on like that'd be if you're in my room all of a sudden i do that you're like this guy's a baller he has a hidden door with a batman suit like that's a panty dropper right there (laughs) (laughs) yeah ryan that's gonna get you so much ass I, i mean you know how girls just love batman and comics um, not to bur- not to burst your bubble. I'm sorry. I love that everything I'm into is potentially weird to girls. Like I'm into Batman and I'm into Housewives. So like Batman is like, uh, he's into Batman. Like that's kind of yeah, weird. Bat- and then Housewives are like know. a straight dude into into fucking Housewives. But that balances out because Batman is so fucking straight. It's like, oh well, okay, you could like Housewives till you're blue in the face. You know what my dream you, is. You- if like, yeah, well, I don't want to say that because not. So. What did you what? say? I didn't mean my well. Dream. My, my true dream is what, to to, what wa- is your dream? to watch Housewives with Batman. Like, could you imagine uh, if I was like, who's your favorite ba- who's, Michael Keaton? Like, Michael Keaton is my favorite Batman. Period. Uh, how did I know it was Keaton? Did you because, already say it on the podcast and I like heard it while I was sleeping? Well, I, I think I say it a lot. Like, Michael Keaton is the best. You Batman. say it a lot. <laughs> wow wow to watch what if we got michael keaton to come to buka de beppo like we all or like a cameo oh my god could you imagine you're at buka de beppo the big buka de beppo party for the podcast and then all of a sudden all the baddies i know that's an embarrassing name to call ourselves they're like ryan right you brought us all together and we have gotten you something and then it's like cousin Eddie from vacation and Michael Keaton is strapped to a chair and you've, you've like thrown on like a a really shitty Batman helmet on him. And like, and you're like, and they're like, say it to him. And he's like, I'm scared. And like, say it on Batman. And then we let him go. What about, and so the baddies, are we the bat tees? I kind of like that. I kind of like that. No, I kind of, I mean, uh, I like, I mean, but I mean, we're kind of like the dark, um, I don't know. We'll make it work. We'll, we'll get oh, you know what? You know? That's good, though. When when new Batman content comes out, I can call everybody the Bat-Tees. That's awesome. I feel like I'm watching Batman content because I'm speaking to a black screen right now. You're in oh, it, okay. Uh, Alexa, turn on all the lights. Yeah. Oh, way to flex that you have an Alexa. Ooh, oh, look at it. No, but you were like, you were literally like Batman and Gotham Shadows someday thank you that's exactly the look i'm going for yeah. so you know what it's so funny i have you ever seen the show euphoria on hbo um bits and pieces yes i know the you know 
I know the ins and outs. So Zendaya, the lead, the lead girl, she has yes. depression and stuff. In the one episode, she's watching Love Island, and she's like, she ends up having like kidney problems because she just won't go to the bathroom because she's so depressed. Right. And yeah, that's I saw that episode. like there are like. I kind of laughed at that at the time. And like lately this year, I've been in those same position, like same thing where I'm like, I have right. to pee. I'm not going to get up though. And like, you, you know, you just hold it and you're like, this is the most Zendaya and euphoria I'll ever be, you know? Um, that really scared me because I don't have any experience with depression. So it's just like unimaginable that you could feel so bad that like, because I can literally feel like I hate myself, but like still shower, which I know means like I don't have depression. But well, that's why depression um, is a very yeah. real thing is that it doesn't make any sense yeah. mentally. But then you're like, you just can't imagine getting up and doing anything like that's why it's like funny when I say Alexa, like sometimes me. I can stay in like bed. If I have a bad right. day, I won't get up, you know, like, it. well, I won't be asleep, but I'll just lay in and. And, you know, it's just it's one of those things that actually is a real thing, but it mentally doesn't make complete sense either because you're like, well, it's so easy to go to the bathroom. Well, and I can't imagine as dramatic as I was and most people were as a teenager when you really thought like the whole world was ending. If if I had had clinical actual depression on top of that, like I was like, oh, my God, like no you know suicide rates as teens like i i get it because it just seems you it seems an unimaginable pain when you're literally mentally healthy yeah as a teen you know so i can't imagine having that on top of it but i'm like um yeah euphoria was amazing and i it felt weird because i was feel so old watching a show like that like you know with the characters being in high school but it was so well done. Well, you know what's scary about Euphoria is that you feel old. I feel like I'm one of them. Like that's how, like in my mind, sometimes <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not going to go to high school tomorrow either." Like I, that's the weird thing about getting older and doing like podcasting and more artistic, quote unquote, things is that like I know what a normal life looks like, and I don't, I don't have a wild life by any means. I'm not like, uh, uh, you know, knock on wood. Uh, an addict or anything like that that is prevent but like this is what i've chosen to do being acting or podcasting and so things like that i'm still i still kind of have not a childlike but like i i I can really still feel those feelings really easily like the high school stuff like i can i can put myself back there and uh i don't feel like these dumb kids i am some like these dumb kids in life when i see them out on the street and those little oh you know what oh my god this you probably do this too. I really want to take a stand against people doing shit like, okay, I have a friend that says instead of chicken tenders, chicken tendies, and they'll do not pandemic. No. They'll not do pandemic. They'll do pandemic or stimmy instead of stimulus. And that shit makes me want to jump off a, a building. Stimmy, um, pandemic, well, chicken tendy. Not to go, not to go back on TikTok, but sometimes, um, like certain words get flagged. Like you can't say sometimes like suicide pandemic or something. So they call it like panini panorama. So like they're always making different words up for the word pandemic. Cause pandemic gets flagged. Yeah. And um, the word like strippers get flagged a lot. So they, you know, they use all kinds of different words and like, wait, why um, do strippers get flagged? Cause they're being nude or. No, um, strippers just talk about, what they did sometimes count their money and it's not even 
it's not even bad, but it gets stuff gets flagged. People, you know, people will report accounts, you know, just because they're assholes. Has you your know. account ever been reported? Which is at middle Kate 49 folks. Right. No, but, um, I've only gotten a couple disagreements with people where I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, cause people, you think Instagram comment sections are sensitive. Welcome to TikTok. It is so fucking overly sensitive. And even though I'm trying to be, um, cause I didn't grow up super sensitive when we were in high school, it was still pretty, um, you know, it wasn't cool to be gay. It wasn't cool to be different. Like it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, and it's still hard for high school kids, but there were no, like, you were either popular or you weren't. I don't know if the same experience, but, like, you couldn't be, like, a band geek and be prom queen, you know, or, you know, in high school. But uh, I lost where I was going with that. Well, I mean, whatever, wherever <laughs> you were going, I think you might have just convinced me to go on TikTok. I was like, damn, strippers are counting their I'm money. Sure and, like, yeah, I mean, and, and people oh, yeah, can't no. use the word pandemic. I'm in. They're like, you know, because we're in a panorama or they're like a panini, you know. And so, but I do. Oh, yeah. You were talking about words. You were talking about your friend that only eats like children's food the other day. Yes. Yeah. Chicken tenders and, that, and that's, mac and that's cheese. That scared me because that's what Kara's ex-boyfriend was like. And I always look at that as like a red flag. So it made me really nervous about your friend because it's like, <laughs> you're like, what's going on here? You know, but maybe that's just like my uh, my trauma from Kara's ex-boyfriend like being like uh I'll, you know everything had to be like plain does he like go somewhere like if he orders a cheeseburger it's like please plain you know can't have like lettuce tomato or like you know won't try sauces or anything I don't know it kind of creeps me out yeah I mean luckily I'm blessed with not being like the only food I'm weird with as I think the audience knows at this point are raw onions I will never eat a raw onion. Never in my life. If anybody ever tries to make me eat a raw onion, that is it. End of friendship. But I love grilled onions. Wow. I yeah. That well, was... that's how hard hitting these podcasts are. I go deep. That I go hard. Incredible. Yeah. These are like, you're like, how can you share you so deep, much? You go hard. Okay. Okay. Back to <laughs> Dallas, you guys. Uh, Stephanie pulls Brandy aside. And this is what really made me mad at Stephanie this season. She pulls Brandy aside and goes, you know, it's so important for me to let you know how much I love you and how proud I am of you. And then Brandy gives Stephanie a gift and she's like, you've always loved me, Stephanie, unconditionally. And Stephanie's like, we've been together for 14 years and this has been the hardest year of your life. And the thing that is not funny about this is that Stephanie says she thought Brandy would commit suicide that part is very scary. That part is no bueno. And there's no jokes to be made about that. That is like above reproach to the fact that I'm like, I almost wish, I don't know. Like, what was your take on and really think about this? Don't, don't pop off like you're known to. I know. Do you think that she should have even brought that into this? Because to me, Brandy is not on the other side of this fully because I'm still fully worried about Brandy and angry at her at the same time. Do you think that the show should have even brought up suicide in the, you know, seeing that she doesn't seem completely on the other side of everything? Well, it was part of Carrie's storyline, too, with her daughter, which, um, you know, and Stephanie had this same storyline. It feels a little weird that now we have three of them have suicide um, storylines in the past couple seasons from Stephanie, not a Carrie, 
now to Brandy. I wouldn't mind Brandy's as much if it didn't start to get in a really weird religious turn. If anyone watched the show. Yeah. So Brandy was really religiously biased towards Deandra and like really judgmental and said like shamanist shamanism is the devil, even though Brandy has like visited psychics and mediums and shit like that. So it was really hypocritical of this. So it was very hard to be on Brandy's side sometimes, but the suicide brain brought into it. I feel like that's a, like a kind of a no starter zone is that if somebody it's almost like a safe word. Like if you say that, like, okay, I'm not, you know, let's just make sure you're okay. Like there's no joking there. There's no, it's just hard. You know, you're like, shit. Like I, that's the point where I'm like, you shouldn't be on a show. Like you shouldn't be no. on a show, you know? Like, I don't want she you to do this. A didn't learn her lesson. Cause we watched her, uh, continuously put her problems with racism on Tiffany where it didn't belong. Um, uh, obviously she was, over over her head at home with three kids. Now she's suicidal. We know her husband's cheating. Like you said, it's like, oh, it's is so it worth many... that check? Well, like, and did also... she really think this was going to be... Did she really think that she was going to contribute to this season? But like, as really? you're coming back from all of these you know, low points, is it worth it to be judgmental? Is you know, You might need to check yourself and say, is this serving me to be this judgmental with other people? You know? Um, so... Right. Brandy gives uh, Stephanie a pinky ring and, and Steph and Brandy has a pinky ring herself. And she's like, we both have one. And Stephanie loves it. And then goes, we're going to get hammered tonight, which I'm just like that poor fucking baby, man. Like I love that. I mean, it's like, all I can think of now is that she's pregnant getting just sloshed. Like, and I'm not talking to you guys having a glass of wine, which is totally normal during pregnancy. I think now, but like, we're talking like shots and all that shit, you know? And uh I don't want to pop off, Ryan, but I can't help it. I can't be careful, it, but, though. Um, You'll, you you will suffer I, the wrath of... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but I think Brandy's baby was perfectly healthy. I know you can... She wasn't expecting it because I know she had infertility issues, but her baby has like a total like fetal alcohol syndrome name on top of it. Like, <laughs> oh, really? Uh, uh, it's like Brylin, like something like... Ugh, it's just, you know, like... To add insult to injury, um, it's like one of those made up names where they took like BR. I think she made like took BRI from Brian and like, you know, like, um, like they always make fun of like Southern moms, like adding like Lynn on the end. I, I, I think it's like Brylin, Brillin, like it of course doesn't make any fucking sense, but it's just Brylin. It gives me. It's like, yeah, it just, on top of everything, I'm like, I mean, that kind of screams uh, low birth weight to me. Like, <laughs> giving yes. me, uh, I'm just, I'm putting it out there. It's giving me like Catherine Dem- Dennis vibes. Like, Oh, okay. That's it. No, no. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying with that. Um, yeah. They're eating stuffed baked potatoes and steaks. Carrie FaceTimes Eduardo, who's not there, and you know, and. You know, we miss you, you know. Brandy says uh, to Eduardo, did did Carrie tell you what we did last night? And Eduardo's like, I don't don't talk to my wife. I don't know anything. Uh, he does <laughs> nope. not say that. But uh, Cameron is just shaking her head during this little uh, interaction. 
And Cameron goes into talking head. I don't think Eduardo is supporting uh, Carrie with all of this drama going on. Her business failing, her daughters. I love that he said her business failing. I thought that was like not oh, funny, but yeah, I thought no. it was another pointer of like Cameron. she puts together jewelry stuff. You know, it's like I don't think it's failing. It's just that there wasn't a huge market for like shitty jewelry in the pandemic. You know. I mean- Hey, Cameron, I didn't get an update on pink dog food, so um, I don't, you know. You're referring to the dog food that Cameron made that's pink, right? And you poop pink. Oh, God, just all around. Uh, We find out that Brandy met Brian, her husband, in the eighth grade, which also (laughs) really makes sense with potential (laughs) videos with Brian cutting loose. Um uh, so Brandy says during this dark time, Brian has been my everything and has shown me unconditional love. And I'm like, damn, that was so dark. It was just dark. Oh, so dark. Um, and then, uh, she's like, you know, you put up with me, babe to, to Brian. Jeremy says, Deandra will come back from these, uh, little events in costume. And I'm like, Oh wow. Just to remind you, you guys, we didn't get to talk about a lot this episode, but Jeremy is so horny for Deandra. It is so nice to see uh, a husband. They're like Corey Gamble and Chris Jenner, where he's like, I want to live in those thighs, you know? No, I want to live in those wet spanks. I want to live in the, the, I want to eat those wet spanks. The true love stories of our time, of our generation. Um, so, um, Stephanie says, Deandra, I love you so much more now. You're so authentic. I love that you don't care anymore. Um, uh, Jeremy says, I love that my wife is out seeing a shaman, uh, Christian in the morning and she's a witch at night. He's so horny for her. Um, Mm. uh, so this is when they're doing like the, the in things where it's like, you know, Deandra did not rekindle with her stepmother, uh, still sees the shaman twice a week. Uh, we see Cameron talking to Steph, um, you know, fancy was painted pink. Um, I I don't know what that means. I I think she just painted her dog pink and they showed a picture of it. (laughs) And Cameron goes, girl, you look beautiful girl to Stephanie. Stephanie says, this has been the most amazing year and the most fun she's ever had. Steph, I have no clue if that's true or not. You really didn't do anything on the show. So I hope the locker room was an amazing experience for you. Uh, It says (laughs) Stephanie continues to do locker rooms, but, uh, but her husband had to give her office away because she wasn't using it. And she still loves butt stuff. It says. Ryan, it did not. It did not say that, but you, not far from you. You can say now come on Ryan because people are gonna believe you because they didn't watch this show Ryan okay wait 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 wait. but Stephanie really did say multiple times during the season that she liked anal sex so it wouldn't be far from the truth to believe that if they believe that that is the caption at the end it's not like they're gonna email Stephanie tomorrow or DM her like girl I was listening to so bad it's good I hear you are still into butt stuff maybe I will (laughs) what do I have to lose um Carrie says, I want to have fun with these girls forever. And I'm like, let her go, Bravo. Cut her loose right now. Let it go. And her little thing says her marriage remains complicated, which is never a good sign. Yeah. They don't allude to any marriage problems until the half second half of the last episode. And then they're like, it's like they're just setting up a home run for us, like to just be like, and they're divorced. Well, and also that's why I think the reunion has a lot of chance to be camp and amazing because two of them are on video screens that look weird. And there are these big reveals that are possibly going to happen. 
Tiffany has grown a lot this year, her husband says. Um, and she has, I think she's, you know, they said she's still working at her job and blah, blah, blah. And working with her mom, blah, blah, blah. You know, nothing dramatic there. Uh, Brandy gives another speech and goes, howdy y'all. And Brandy cries. Um, and she's like, I probably went through the Mm -hmm. hardest time this year and thank you all. I love y'all. And, um, and then in her postscript, it says, (laughs) it says soon after filming, Brandy learned she was 16 months pregnant. And then it ends with Brian. It ends with Brian and Brandy kissing and then it cuts to dramatic music and like fades away. Like obviously there's something wrong with their marriage. That was the last shot of the season finale. Isn't that insane? Like it alludes to so much. Her religious bigotry this season and her blatant like i'm sorry i love this for brandy couldn't happen to a better person yeah i'm sorry she was a total asshole this season well you guys that was our real housewives of dallas recap and what a recap it was (laughs) we have certainly went through a journey but by the way i think i think people like long podcasts i think people like when we goof around and talk and that's what we do and if you like this go over to the patreon i think me and kate want to make an announcement right now Kate threw this out last week. I don't think she even knows I'm saying this, but our next show we will be recapping is Extreme Sisters on TLC. Oh my God, really? Yeah, we will be recapping Extreme Sisters on TLC. I watched the first episode on Friday and it blew me away. I talked about it on today's podcast and it really, all I can say is holy balls. Holy balls. My my DVR cut off, so I'm going to have to go on the app. And I'm so sad. So, but, uh, as be, you know, I loved the other uh, iterations of this series. It's really, it's really a special show. I think I've only seen one episode, so I could be wrong. But I think it'll be a fun show to recap. And uh, you know, if you if you dig that kind of stuff, go over to the Patreon. Right. We have over a hundred plus episodes on the Patreon right now. It's only a couple of bucks a month. I just released a two hour podcast today, Real Housewives of Miami, and Real Housewives of Dallas is usually on there. So if you're into this, we'll be doing the recap. Uh, Uh, of the reunion next week and uh kate we can find kate at middle kate on instagram and at middle kate 49 on tiktok is there any other things to plug kate of course not um, of course not just plug me yeah okay kate i gotta tell you you nailed this main feed podcast you no i did not yes you did you really did i over drank no wine spritzer it's a wine spritzer. It's not hard alcohol. You're fine. Uh, so uh, I had I had a big day today, but I wanted to keep this. Uh, no, I this was perfect. So uh, everybody, go follow Kate. Uh, DM her if you like her. DM it. DM her if you don't like her. I'd love no, to see no, her please, get. Yeah, please DM. I love all the DMs from this podcast. I literally am obsessed with everyone that DMs me because they're so they're just funny, amazing women. Um, I love it. So uh, I love you guys listening, and we will talk to you on Wednesday. Say goodbye, Kate. Uh, au revoir. <laughs> Emily Paris. Au revoir, everybody. We'll see you back. Okay, bye. Betches.